Hello, everybody, and welcome to Clutch or Kick episode five, the podcast series where we try to keep up on the Valorant content and tournaments alongside our normal day jobs, but still come across as misinformed. So welcome to the episode. We've got Mitch with us <laughs> today. Misinformed. We've got Mitch joining us today for this one. Um, it's going to be a good one, actually. We've got a lot to talk about because we left a, a week out in the middle um, just so that we could build up a nice little content repertoire uh, to, to really chat about. So let's get started, I think, talking about the patch notes. 1.03 was the patch um they added was I believe, anyone else confused by the way was anyone else confused by the fact that the patch was announced before it actually went live like they posted the patch and then i was in the game and the guardian was still 2700 yeah this I is was like, uh, what, what? what's going on that's a I mean, league of legends thing is yeah, it like I, they don't have a ptr remember so it's not like they can like yeah. debut the patch on the ptr and then put it in the game so i guess they're like rollout's a bit different but i'm pretty sure like in lol they just patched the game and all of a sudden but there's a PTR for that as well, so... I well, I'll, I'll be honest. Yeah. It, I think Overwatch is the outlier where they just patch a game and they release the patch and then release the notes. Um, is it? Is that yeah. an outlier? Oh. Path of Exile, Path of Exile releases the patch notes in advance. League of Legends does. So Dota so does. So I can, what, like, theorycraft about the Guardian being 2,500 and add up uh, the no, economy. I mean, like, I mean the, the weirdest thing point. is that there's no date in the patch notes. Like, if you're going to announce it in beforehand, why not put a date? Like, these are the notes that will go live on Wednesday or well, whatever. But there's yeah. nothing in it. <laughs> Development there is cycles. a PBE for League of Legends. We just never used it because all we did was jump into bronze games and feed our asses off. <laughs> but there is true true yeah. <laughs> i think i think the, the development cycles can sometimes be iffy like if they find a game breaking bug they don't want to release the patch you know what i mean but but mm. i can i can kind of understand the concept of releasing the patch notes because you want to generate hype i guess like you you let him let people know that this is what's gonna be the game and people can create yeah. content uh, yeah, around it i don't know yeah. I mean, how long does it take for after a game's release for there to be a ptr for that game you know what I mean? Like, maybe yeah. there is one for Valorant eventually, but they're just not released to public because the resources are taxed. I mean, I heard, I, I read just earlier on that the the person at Riot who's responsible for the rank system is no longer at the company. Really? <laughs> so yeah. no one, yeah. Yeah, yeah. no one quote unquote owns the rank system right now. So. What? Yeah. 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 Who was who was on it? Was, it I think Morello. Morello said that. I, I'm not sure. Wait, they don't know, but apparently it was hired on a contractual basis. Uh, here's the thing. I think the internet may have also just run away with this. I think Morello was just like, yeah, the, the lead developer for Ranked left us, so we're just rethinking how we want to well, go forward with Ranked. He did yeah, say I mean, left us. That's the thing. <laughs> he said no longer with the company, but no he used that real like game dev terminology of like, oh, you yeah, know, yeah. one here at Riot currently owns. The rank right. system implying that I guess they don't have a point of contact that's like responsible right, for it. Right. So and that's just him saying, I guess that's just him giving like reasoning why things might be a bit slower, right? Mm. Like, is that the point that he was I, trying was to get it, across? Yeah. It was a, I think it was definitely in response to like people's feedback about the state of rank right now. Um, yeah. So obviously there are a lot of people that want like rank solo queue only and, and duo and all yeah. that sort of stuff so if you look at mendo's twitter feed like <laughs> i mean it's a yeah. laundry list of complaints about rank right now and there's plenty but of even, others like that even in spite of that i mean rank this rank system is not as good as others dare i say uh, yeah that's a know. bit spicy johnny he's i mean oh well, i'll, I'll how, walk uh, away and pick up my food and let us <laughs> further so yeah. so let's take a look at these patch notes because I can't even remember what's happened. So they, they kind of buffed and nerfed the Guardian at the same time. I, I would consider this a buff based on the fact that they've lowered the cost of it. They increased the penetration. Uh, it's it's now a more reasonable alternative if you're on those 
weird rounds where you can't really buy a rifle. Do you, do you think it is, though? Because I don't I, think it is at all. Like, well, I can't think of any time where I personally would rather buy the Guardian instead of the Bulldog. I know that they're trying to find a niche for it. But I like it. Um, unless, unless you're playing, like, a Sova and you're trying to wallbang people with the recon arrows, like, when the hell are you going to buy this weapon? I like it. It's rewarding for first shot, like tap players as well. I mean, we're gonna talk about Scream later on, uh, but uh, like yeah. people that play like him, it is, is rewarding, but they kind of hedge it as like a, a long range option. Like what's the longest ranges in Valorant? Like C long on Haven? I guess it outperforms the, the Bulldog at that range. Does it though? Like, does it actually? Because I would rather have a Bulldog there because the ADS on the Bulldog right. is kind of nasty at long range mm -hmm. and it's I mean, it's still cheaper and it's more versatile. That thing kicks like a mule who's had a bunch of magic mushrooms. Right? Like, <laughs> you, you know, you it does to, a little bit. You have bit. to ADS with it. You can't, I guess you can't be as, yeah, as fast uh, yeah. with it. But look, I don't think there's, a, is it ever bad to try and put a gun in like its own its no. own category or like, Absolutely you know, like not. To, to make it more specific. Otherwise it's like, well, do you want... You want this gun, which has one-shot headshots. This gun doesn't, but let's spread. This one is, you just tap it, and, you know? So I like I like that they up the penetration here, but, I mean, it's, it's, you could say the same for, like, LMGs in this game. I, I could <laughs> see. No, so, no, you guys are being way too negative. Region, you know? No, you're being way too negative. Brent, Go on, then. you have Go on, then. on that? Well, I was going to say I can see some usage for it just on the basis of, yeah. like, certain maps that are more long-range. Haven C, Haven A, you're holding long. You want to get that angle, you're holding like a corner, an angle like that. You just want to hold it down and fire. Especially because I, I can definitely see a scenario where you're holding long A on Haven. And there's this, there's an angle where they can sort of half peek behind a wooden post. I'm talking, I'm talking you're holding from the defender side, from the, on the long, right, on the corner. And there's mm. this wooden post that they can stack. half peek and still get the better of you if they've got an op. But the higher penetration might be the difference maker if you can hit the headshot or whatever. And it's like, there's, there's certain niche scenarios where I could actually see it being used. Do I still think it's going to be used? Well, probably not. Because the tournaments that I watched last night at 2 o'clock in the morning, people only picked it when they were on eco rounds, when they were forced to. Yeah. Well, people are learning how to use it as well. I really like the Guardian. Uh, or well, really, I shouldn't say that. Because on most maps, I would buy a Vandal or, mm. you know, a Phantom. Yeah. But I actually do think that it has a viable use case, specifically on Ascent. I think this gun is good on Ascent when you're trying to con take control of mid. mid control, this is yeah. an aim style also that, like, I enjoy. Like, I actively enjoy using a Guardian compared to, say, um, a Guardian. Um, because I just think Com compared it's to, to a Guardian. <laughs> You said you'd up? rather use a Guardian compared to a Guardian. What, you know? what the fuck? Oh my god. I just did a three-hour podcast. So my my <laughs> head is boomed. Uh, Guardian over... Uh, All right, Bulldog. Content King, come on. Phantom, yes, Bulldog. 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 Bulldog, right. Bulldog. I was going to say Bullpop, but that's that's hmm. a Counter-Strike gun, I think. I, I honestly mold just how oh. much kick that the Bulldog has. But then sometimes I randomly rip people's heads off with it when my aim, I didn't yeah. feel like I was yeah. on it all. You know what? Okay, so the Guardian feels more like... And this is a crazy comparison to make, right? But kind of like the hunting rifle from Fortnite. Like it has potential. Like it, it it's like an <laughs> off sniper almost. It doesn't yeah. actually have a scope on it kind of thing. You're talking um, to a man that could knock rank a 90 if his life depended on it. So <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. Well, I mean, Brent's a zoomer. He gets it. Yeah, um, I, I, maybe I, I, maybe I there's more ADS potential with this gun now. I don't yeah, know. It's, <laughs> but, but the trouble is because... Opping is super powerful in the game, right? We're talking about just in general, not even yeah. at the pro level. And that's the kind of niche where it would fill, which is like kind of like this middle ground between they can't really afford an op yet, but there's no scenario where you would buy that because you're trying to save up for the op. 
Like mm. oppers, when they yeah. when they're saving up for it, they often buy like a ghost, and that's it. And that's all they're going with because or they're a judge trying now as well. What's oh that? my god! So, what's a reasonable <laughs> price then for you guys? What, like, I, what? I think this is reasonable. I actually quite yeah. like the price point that it's at now. I just think that I I think that the long range aspect of it is massively overstated because. The, because the fire rate is so low if you're taking a long-range battle even against someone that has a vandal if you miss that first shot you're just gonna die because you've like peaked a really long angle so i think most of the time the niche uses will be because of the high penetration i think that's going to be like the, the majority part of it because it's the only rifle that has high pen it, sure. unless you want to buy an orb you you're mm. limited to the guardian so if you want some kind of niche strat that relies on wall banging then yeah, that's, that's, yeah I, pick it actually up. though yeah i mean we've seen teams running it's actually so common now, actually. In fact, I think every team runs a Sova on a sent B site. And then they just send in their utility lot, so that yeah. they can see through the wall. Yeah. And they often put a, like a, a they put a, an Odin or an Ares or something yeah. on, on their, uh, on their Sova. There's a world in which they might just pick up the Guardian. Um, yes. I'm buying stock. Yeah. Okay. I'm investing like in yeah. solo here. I'm investing in Guardian. <laughs> We're going to come back to Clutter Kick. You know, we'll see Corey bring it out for phase. You know, it's going to be a good time. So, whatever Corey's the kind really. of guy that would slap with the Guardian. Like, yeah, that yeah, guy's aim so I'm telling crisp you, on heads. Like, Scream, we'll talk about him later, but Scream was literally criticized for going for one taps in yeah. CSGO when he wasn't supposed to. And, like, <laughs> it, there was. People were like, listen, Screen, this seriously limits your potential as a player. He's like, I know I just want to go for the one taps. I can't I can't help it. I mean, like <laughs> those kind of players that want to use those weapons uh, uh could be kind of sick. I mean, if you could you could do it a little bit cheaper than with a vandal, I guess. Yeah. I I mean Well you can even go for like two taps. It's not even one tap anymore. You can go for two taps because the recoil pattern on the Guardian is actually pretty favorable. Where it's like, yeah, if you just spam and you just spam one shots, obviously it's gonna go through the roof. But yeah. you can get two shots in before the recoil really kicks in. And if you don't kill anyone by your third shot, you're probably dead. Well, it's also the rate but, of fire's been reduced, so I, I assume that helps with spread as well. Yeah, yeah. maybe. I just I'm played sure around with it in practice range, and uh, just consistently, you can actually do a lot of damage. So I'll, I'll, I'm for we'll the Guardian. I, I think we'll, we'll see. We'll find stuff. out in pro play pretty soon. I imagine if people. I tell you fucking what, though. I tell you what. If I see one more gold player in my games buying the Guardian and spamming it as fast as they can instead <laughs> of trying to get good with a Phantom or a Vandal, I will. I will start surrendering immediately. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't help it. My butt clenches up when I see someone and I just start smashing the mouse on if I got a guardian. You know what I mean? I just like draw an outline of them. Maybe yeah, you shouldn't you... be in gold anymore, Saicho. Fucking hell. I'm not, I... I'm not, I'm not, but I keep getting put with them and they make me want to murder myself. Hey, did you see they put, um, they changed now the silhouettes of agents for observers. They actually, uh, we can see outlines now, yes, not just little yeah, points of yeah. light. I think that's that in nice. the rest of these patch notes, but I don't know what else is in them. We, yeah, well, there's a couple. A there's a couple of interesting like observer side changes as well. Um, like, I think obs observers can now be assigned moderator roles inside lobbies, so now they can mm. actually toggle the timer, and I think they can oh actually God, pause the game. Like, we have we have like a convoluted uh, pause system now. Oh, here we go. Yeah, so the the X-ray and a bunch of other stuff. There's still a bunch of spectator bugs. I don't know if they've been fixing them. Actually, they may have just been um, hot fixing them. Um, but who was the what was the name of the guy that kept popping up in the tournaments did you I, see I every know. pistol round oh, it would yeah. say that they all had a phantom and there was someone called like sean was going around the map <laughs> yeah was it shway or something yeah I can't five, remember the five name. letters so was one, of, one of the devs it was like a Char um, I don't know. a holdover from the development days of when they were just using them as a placeholder 
name yeah. model, whatever. Well, um, yeah. also the scoreboard was only showing one person from each team at times as oh, well. Yeah. Which is I, I will say, yeah, never see their lineup. The Xros have made a big difference for just spectating as well. The past couple of days, we've just been watching the Valorant tournaments late at night um and just sat around watching them whereas previously it's like it was a chore it felt like to watch the pro yeah. play yeah. because of how difficult it was to watch it's still oh, not yeah. perfect it's still not quite there but i vastly sure. prefer the csgo system where you have outlines and it fills in with the damage that's done instead of just being like a full yeah you know like full silhouette like yeah. i think the full silhouettes look still a bit janky yeah but that's the kind of thing that i'm hoping jesus christ i nearly threw up this fucking tea <laughs> good christ do you what drink tea world? No, not often. Yeah, I don't. But, um, you've never been a tea person. But you, but you never well, this isn't tea. Either, it's, right? It's this is apple and cranberry, like basically flavored water because it's not actually tea, is it? So, oh, it's, yeah, uh, like one of them, like inhaled infusions. Um, yeah, yeah, teas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's not really tea. Well, that's phenomenal. You don't drink coffee either, Josh, do you? He's no, a hot beverage kind of guy. No caffeine, no hot beverage. No. That's kind of weird. Your brain must be like I don't know, under underdeveloped or something. <laughs> Jesus. I think that's us caffeine heads just trying to justify. I mean, I remember when I yeah. remember when Johnny went off caffeine. There was like this whole like Zen master thing. He went off caffeine for a while, and I remember it boomed him. Oh my god, uh, I, I died. And he went to the uh, monastery in Tibet and just swore off caffeine for ages. Oh my god, like I Josh would enter another dimension. I'm convinced that like if you don't use caffeine, like you're actually just a monk. You just surrendered. You're a monk. That's right, Josh. Get an arrow on your monk. forehead to complete the look, bro. <laughs> Johnny doesn't say monk. He says monk. Monk. <laughs> monk. 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 Oh, yeah. oh, okay. We're going to make fun of accent again. Yeah, pronunciation. How often do I say monk, huh? Why don't you, why don't you just smell it with a U instead? Not often enough, Johnny. I need to hear more of this, bro. Uh, <laughs> that's so good. What, what the, the hell else happened monk. in this patch? Are the overtime rules? That's another yeah. huge one. Um, did you see added. the did you see the game that went 1816 in the qualifiers in Europe? So yeah. there was some some tournaments didn't use the overtime rules and I asked why and they said it's bugged. So did they fix it or was that tournament organizer just lying? Uh, no, that sure that tournament was the Vitality tournament where they realized that it was bugged. I don't know what the bug was though, but the American mm. tournaments that ran later on in the day took off the overtime rules because there was some kind of bug with it. I don't right. know what the bug was. Yeah, it's I mean, look, let's be fair. I, I remember I was, uh, I cast a CS match between Heroic and Envious that went like uh, 28, 26 or something like that. Jesus. And that's in CS's overtime rules where you don't get every all your money reset every round, right? Which you would think that like that would be more conducive to one team getting a bigger advantage. But this overtime system is, is kind of weird, right? Because unlike in normal time, what you did in one round doesn't actually have any bearing at all on the next one. Like yeah. mm -hmm. you, you cannot create any uh, consequences of like decisions you make in terms of economy at all. They, they just don't matter. It just so it's resets. just like, yeah. And then, yeah. And like you get to swap sides a bunch. So at least unlike last time it was like, you're on offense Well, you're stuck on offense and you have to play this last round. So I guess it's better. Yeah, that, that definitely sucked. I mean, this is a better alternative, I think to, to what it is. It's an interesting system that they've got in ranked where the voting takes place. Have you seen this? Where a certain no. amount of players are yeah. needed to decide if it ends in a draw. Oh, Basically, the me. more oh rounds go, the more rounds that happen, the less votes that are required from a team to cause a surrender. So yeah. what is it after like five rounds, only one person has to vote to draw. Sorry, to draw. You can you can vote to draw. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, that is fair. Like that. 
because when you when you when you sign up to play ranked i mean you're 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 trying to schedule your next hour like i i am scheduling for the next hour that i will be in this valorant game but if it goes on for two hours i mean that's absurd i think that's like, <laughs> yeah. yeah that's that's reasonable but the amount of players i play to the with papers that are the equivalent of papers mentals that are the equivalent of paper uh, has been <laughs> yeah i mean i'm knackered as well the the <laughs> It, 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 I, I'm a little bit concerned that these matches are just going to end up in a draw. I want to go for the win every time. Yeah, uh, yeah. and I yeah, feel but, like but you can't force your team. You can't force your, the rest of your players to like play forever and ever. And you know, one of them's like 14 years old, and his mum's screaming at him to go to bed. And Brendan's <laughs> like, "You fucking weak mental little bitch! You will play for the win. You have a responsibility <laughs> to me, someone you've never met, to stay in my game so I can gain yeah. Elo, bro. Uh... <laughs> All right, so." Okay, this is okay to me because they've also stipulated if you draw, you won't lose rating. You yeah. might even gain yeah. some. So if you, that, that's fine. The fact that there's a possibility that you might gain some softens the blow a little. Nope. Oh, hello. <laughs> <laughs> it, softens, it softens the blow a little bit. You know what I mean? Like, but I still, it's tough, right? If you're like four of you and one random player, right? Let's say it happens like you guys are like giga grinding, you're up late, you know, you're getting it done, and one guy decides doesn't want to play the game and he can end it. It's, I don't know. I'd like yeah. to see some some use cases of this, you know, some case studies and see yeah. how people actually feel. It's interesting. Hmm. I like it. I, I think oh, it's good yeah. assets. And it feels rewarding <laughs> now when you win in overtime as well, as I'm trying to distract everyone from watching Mitch. <laughs> Mitch I'm watching Mitch just put his mouth What's happened to it? I don't and know. Just, I don't understand how it could fall off, honestly. I'm, I'm but now, I mean, if you've got the wire in, you can't screw it back on. So how is it unscrewed? Like, surely the wire would get tangled if it was if it was slowly unscrewing itself. I don't know. I used to have this problem a lot with my uh, with my. Listen, mic. can you just leave it up to the engineer and get, get on with your get on with the podcast, <laughs> bro? Look, it fixed. Never mind. Oh my god. It, it screws on. It screws on. You know. Oh, I'll get there. <laughs> oh wow. Okay. Oh, yes. Aerospace engineer struggles to screw. <laughs> this, Far out, dude. Uh, the next segment, I kind of want to bring Wyatt in because I have never seen a man so passionate in my life to talk about this bloody dragon skin that they've released. God, <laughs> we had this last week to fill mission. Last Surrender week, we discussed at length Valorant skins Didn't we talk and about whether the, they are good or bad. I, I think we want to talk about the surrender systems, but we talked about the surrender. Oh, they adjusted it, didn't they? So they made it so that what? They just fixed it, is what they well, did, right? But they, also- They no, made no, it no, so they, that you, uh, you can now surrender if you have only four players in the server. Yeah, but have you seen that they have also okay. they they changed it for unrated too, and I I I sent Kurt a tweet from Tyrong because he I mean the Overwatch people that watch the show will remember great him, tweets the, by the way incredible tweets from yeah, Tyrong <laughs> unbelievable tweeter uh, the guy that used to sleep underneath the Houston Outlaws tables to try and coach yeah. them into being a it's on the level of it's on the level of like Min Soo Kim's tweets right like right there <laughs> this is incredible and and apparently he's run into presumably multiple times this situation where unrated people are just sur surrendering games in order to rank up faster you know oh, in order to uh, actually get more xp from their games just uh surrendering and then presumably the entire game counts as finished so you can just bash through the games really quick yeah which seems like, like uh unfortunately use what? case play four rounds and then that's it like you can five surrender. i think you can oh yeah five? yeah you can surrender on the fifth so yeah, I yeah, I mean, 
damn, I, I, they really should have actually considered this, I think, as well, because people were abusing Spike Rush when it came out for easy wins. Because each Spike yeah. Rush game was 4,000 XP for the Battle Pass, yeah. which is like the most efficient XP you can get in terms of your Battle Pass. And they would just... The time they played. would They would five stack and stand in a Brimstone Molly every round. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's just like just, freehold power leveling in WoW. Yeah, yeah. I love that. So they were just abusing the system so that they can level up the battle pass, which, you know, I mean, all, I guess you're just ruining the game for other people, but cool. I mean, if you want to spend <laughs> never, your time doing never, that, then... Never underestimate weaponized Papaganus, dude. Like, yeah. you cannot beat this. You just have to adapt. Yeah, so, so I think that just goes without saying then that it needs to kind of be readjusted in ranked. Um, I mean, you can't do it in ranked. It's on the unranked. Sorry, in unrated. Yeah, what the fuck was that? Like, I was trying to drink, and the tea bag kept falling in my mouth. Like, what the hell do you do once you get to the end? <laughs> you take the tea bag out. You don't even have. You shouldn't have it in the cup. <laughs> you British bro. I don't know. Why have cup, you got it, it in the cup still? Well, why not? I actually do that too because then you get more extracted flavor at length, and you don't have to actually. You're not know, supposed there. to let it steep for a set time. You don't want to just like no, because you, you get yeah, but I don't have time for that. From... I leave it in. You I walk the computer, time? and there's nowhere to put a wet tea bag once it's spent in for a prolonged oh. amount of time. Because I, I don't, don't want to bring like have a paper next to, to your computer. PC. Oh, I don't know why. Like God. Okay. That's yeah, but then you get water everywhere. There's like tea on the floor. Like fuck that. It's just a mess. Just leave it in. Drink and have a good time. You, I, I've been what? eating my tea bags so that I don't have to put them in weird places. Just swallow. Yeah, okay, it's bro, like chewing yeah. gum. Nutrients. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Moving where on briskly. Wyatt? Where is Wyatt? I don't know. I, a, he's uh, upstairs. You, I do want to bring him in for this next segment because. <laughs> can you lend the mic? He is so passionate about this topic. So am I, actually. He's kind of infected me with his passion about these dragon skins because okay. I have never seen a worse skin in all my years. You've never worse. Ooh, you think it's yeah. that bad? I think this is a terrible direction to go in for the game skins this early on. Like we were, we were all saying direction. that this. Jaws made the initial point that he said that this is a kind of skin that you'd expect to see four years in when they've run out of ideas. The animations on it, like the this look at, it, it's so distracting. It is it crazy is. distracting. It's well, so you know, distracting. Well, they'll stop using it halfway through uh, the most recent tournament because it was distracting him too much. The op one, but Mixwell didn't have a problem with it, by the way. So I guess just EU brain it, is bigger. This but. adds in <laughs> these elements of like uh, just instant glance value at weapons as well. Because we were sat around watching a game. Somebody was using the judge, the the judge skin for it, and we came up with five different answers for what gun it could be. While well, he was holding on the corner. The we didn't know it was a judge. Yep. I said it was a Bucky. Someone else said it was like the Guardian. We didn't know what the skins were applied to. But just the glance value looking on the screen, the, the dragon models look the same. Like from a first person perspective, a lot of yeah. them look very similar. Uh, like it just, the way it wriggles as well, it's unsettling. It so is, you don't, yeah. You don't have to have that, right? Like, that is optional. You actually need to spend Radiant Night for it. It's well, kind of crazy. You know? This is how they get you. This is like I some gacha game level, like, microtransaction <laughs> pyramid system because you see that clip, right? And like, oh, that looks... If you like that stuff, oh, that looks dope. Like, yeah, wicked. I, I basically have to give this dragon a prostate exam to make the gun fire. That's awesome. <laughs> you get the gun, and then you're like, it doesn't move. Yeah. It's, 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 it, it is just... It's, it, it's a wreck. That it doesn't move at all. Oh, wait, it you... doesn't move at no, all until no, no. you upgrade it. Yes, you, upgrade you have money. to buy the... It's like everything else, right? Like, you have to buy the VFX for it. So you get but... it, and it doesn't do anything. Like, it's completely static. There's no fire effects. There's no, like, shaking or anything. Yeah. 
and then you have to buy them. <laughs> you have to spend what like 20 bucks on radionite to get well, that well, you know what i mean like another yeah variant, i mean that so. system's a little bit odd because they, you can earn radionite through the battle pass system which is just playing yes. the game but it, some people were arguing that they've kind of applied an arbitrary value to these radionite points by making them purchasable which at, inflates the value of the battle pass of what actually people are getting out of it like yep. i've got like 200 radium points and i haven't spent them on anything because all of the skins in my opinion have been hot garbage like just actually all of them with the exception of the prism skin and that's only because the prism skin is just one shade of blue that shines like it, it's you can't you can't fuck it up you know uh, but the dragon skins because you like that minimalist feeding brand you know? yeah i mean i whenever when i int i like to int in style i suppose i don't know the minimalistic <laughs> kind of feel but the the Another issue I think that some people have with it as well is if you don't like the animations but you like the color schemes, you can't choose between them. Like, there's levels to it. Like, level two is the animations, and beyond that is the different color schemes for the dragon. Yep. And if you want the different color schemes, you have to have the animations with it. That's right. So it's, it's like, like it's a tiered system. It progresses yeah. upwards. You can't just have a good color and say, oh, I don't want the animation. You know what I mean, yeah. can you even, here's what I want can you turn the animation off? Well, once you get like, the purple so. color. I don't think you can, right? Yeah, I so don't think so. You have to use everything up until that point of getting that variant skin, like on the on the Radionite track. So you have to have the VFX, yeah. you have to have the finisher. Have, that that doesn't that make stuff. sense. Surely not. I, but maybe can't, that is I can't say for sure, but that's one thing I'd really like them to implement. Because I bought the animations and it was a mistake. Not the frenzy. <laughs> <laughs> because now I don't want to use it. I want to use the skin because I think it's cool, but I don't. I regret buying the animations. The and frenzy I can't really does look like a right. sex toy. <laughs> like, like, off it, dude. How, like how do you fire the weapon really like because there's there's a lot that's not seen you know like a lot of the gun models like i i get it like it it takes the it, it's like a seahorse right it takes the, the clip into its chest or something like that and that's cool like i like the you know but how are you firing this thing what you the, you pulling its tail or or what the, the most annoying thing cranking is it? the screaming <laughs> i mean jesus just stop it already. the scream like, we're, we're gonna get we're gonna get we're gonna get our ad revenue gone by what like, ad it's revenue? Gonna be, it, it, no ad revenue for it's this. Like Josh doesn't know where it's gone. Mean, Josh has lost yeah. our ad revenue. Yeah. No. <laughs> it's all disappeared, mate. It's all no, gone. but you, you, I don't know if any of you have the skin, but if uh -huh. you actually like hold down uh, primary fire, it starts screaming. What? The dragon starts screaming like you're yeah. actually ramming yeah. your what? fist up. Can, can like, we find it... a video clip, Kurt, of someone like just spraying with the gun? Because like you know, normally you shoot and the it's just like the bullets, like doo -doo 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 -doo. Yeah, yeah. Like if you hold down with the dragon, it goes like. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I just start screaming as there's magma coming from the mouth. Yeah, that's it's right. When ridiculous. I fire it, my gun screams, "Wilma, where's my Brontosaurus burger?" <laughs> we're, we're limited in terms of what we can bring up because uh the internet is dying in our house or oh, yeah. either the internet or something's dying but well, well trust me it does start screaming like yeah. <laughs> honestly my problem is that i use a visual cue to tell when the op is ready to, to scope in and fire again uh, yeah so you can be like fast between peaks and with the dragon doing that weird shit because obviously it's like you know it can be bold action Fucking it's really hard to tell when i can around. scope back in again it's yeah. it's very disconcerting for me yeah I, I, yeah, I'm just not a fan. Not a fan. And like like Jack said, he was he made a point that this is like the kind of skins you expect to see. Like uh, this would fit in in Fortnite. But another point that why it keeps bringing up as well is like compared to Fortnite, you think a kid's going to be logging onto Valorant and he's going to be asking his, for his mum's credit card for a hundred dollars worth of skins that yeah. look like this when it's he not could for play kids, mate. like Fortnite has. You can play as Captain... He keeps using this example. I'm going to steal it. You can play as Captain America for $20 in Fortnite. 
Yeah. Like that's that's like oh, a reasonable thing, but oh, you can jerk off a screaming dragon for a hundred twenty bucks. <laughs> yes, and, and yes, I mean, I, I it's not for it, kids so. though. It's not for kids. It is literally for it is for, for the whales for adult kids. I bought it. I bought the I bought the bundle straight away. I, I see I see dragon. I click buy. It. Yeah, no, I, I didn't get. And I, I you know what? I had the radio nine points left over, but I might maybe have bought them. Um, just to just to see how it worked, but I, I wish I could turn them off. I want more customization. I, yeah. I like the color. Get rid of the animations. But I thought the sovereign skin that collection was amazing. I love that like angel oh. mythos. I love that so much. So I, I adore it. those skins, bro. Yeah, I just wish they had a vandal uh, and uh, phantom. I hate all the skins that they've released. It's like Garanol when you kill someone, bro. Yeah, the, the yeah, animation at the end is kind of cool. cool. I will say this this uh, sets, I think, a bad precedent for just glance value in tournaments, though, as well. Because there is some sort of, not pay-to-win element, but definitely some element of kind of RNG. Like, if you pick up a gun off somebody in a tournament and it is the dragon and you're not used to it because it wriggles around in your hands, like, that, oh, these minor things can throw you off. I, I agree with that. Well, you don't think that's reasonable, Johnny. Like, for example, if... Who were you saying earlier? Was, were you saying that Waddell swapped from using the dragon yeah. skin? Yeah, he stopped. Yeah. Like, if, if you're if you're Waddell and you don't like playing with the dragon and then you pick up a gun off the ground and it's a dragon, you're going to be like, oh, for fuck's sake. Like, you can't tell me, right? You can't be the kind of person that said that Zenyatta's ultimate and May's ultimate in Overwatch were, you know, impacted the viewing experience and then not think that this also has a similar negative impact on, on watchability, well, right? Well, I, I don't know if it's I watchability, mean, right, but I'm it. worried about the players is what I'm saying. Like, if there's oh, players sure. that don't prefer it and they pick up the guns. In terms of watchability, this is exactly what Riot wants. They want their esports tournaments to be the the kind of sales pitch for the skins you know they want yeah. all their pros to use the high valued skins so that timmy watches it and he's like oh, i'm gonna save up my hundred dollars for the dragon skin really like it and then he goes to baddragon.com and then he's he's ruined for life his innocence is ruined <laughs> he, but i i you know it's I how we got there okay I, 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 no i'm just a little bit concerned I'm a little bit concerned that there's there's a line that needs to be drawn, and I fear that they may be going over it. But we can go off this this topic of jerking yeah. dragons off soon. Yeah, you're right, Saicho, by the way, or, and Bren for that matter, about players not being accustomed to this game. I just hate <laughs> it because it's the most ridiculous shit I've heard in esports. Ah, just, but... just don't use it. <laughs> yeah, kind of is, isn't it? You, you don't. Like, like you, you don't have to use yeah. it. Well, you know, if you're playing in a tournament and you have a specter and there's like oh there's a vandal there i'm gonna pick it up oh wait it's a dragon that's like, amazing literally... right you can dissuade people from picking up your yeah. weapon to help their economy because of the skin so bad yeah i guess that's <laughs> I mean, true i mean part of me is like yeah. pros get over it but it's like actually you know quite true especially for a game that's... gun skins for tournaments at some point i don't think they would disable it right maybe maybe the observer client would see skins but maybe i don't know like there, there must be some sort of middle ground where they they can do it so that your skins come through for your pov your individual pov a setting but other people's skins are just the default models but yeah. for the observer client they see all other skins there's ways to get around this 100 like there's precedent they, yeah they, they just need to, to to figure it out let's move on to the tournament structure the actual talking about the tournaments that have happened because the pulse invitational is the tournament that i watched the most of over the last weekend and my god what a shit show the na scene is becoming and it's almost like it's almost it's just set in the scriptures of esports that na just becomes this joke of a region and some people are going to be watching this and like oh, how can you say that but i don't know if we can pull up a bracket kurt but just the the qualification for this was just 
My God, Cloud9 had the easiest path to the finals I've ever seen in my life. It was really weird. I mean, I, there aren't some big teams involved here as well, right? Like T1 isn't playing, I suppose. Yeah, Academy so. team played. Yeah, and they did they, right, they took actually. a map off. They took a game off Sentinels, though, in the group stages. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, they did all I, right. I just want to add real quick, because some people are going to be saying, well, how can you say Cloud9? I, I need to iterate on this, because I know someone's going to comment on, on it. Me saying Cloud9 had the easiest path to the finals when they played TSM, when TSM are considered the best team in the world. Uh, let's just start there. TSM had an abysmal game against Cloud9. It I really was. You guys watched it. But yeah, I went and watched it this morning. TSM are a team that... They have three players that can turn up on a, a, almost every game. They have Wardell, who's a fantastic opera. They have Sabrosa, who's kind of backup player, who's actually kind of falling off a little bit recently. And they have Drone as well, who's always quite consistent. Those three players are like your superstar aimers, your riflers, your oppers, whatever, that are always going to be performing well. That game against Cloud9, it was like the weird case scenario where there was going to eventually TSM were going to slip, and that was the game where they slipped, where those three players... Wardell was being kept in check by 10s, so I'm, I'm not going to blame Wardell too much, but Drone and Sabrosa did not have a good game. and Sabrosa especially. Yeah, uh, and Cloud9 actually did. They looked like a, an, a, they looked like an amateur team, I guess. I don't want to give them too much credit because <laughs> this team, I, I watch that team and I'm just, I, I, I get a little bit annoyed. Um, I, I think that Cloud9 have improved though. There's a couple of things that they've gotten better at. They've... They've put Mitch on a much better role. Mitch on the on this, I was gonna say Mercy. Mitch on the stage, <laughs> I think, works a lot better. And Mitch has actually started playing really well. And that was always a player that I was uh, not really sure what his place was in the team. Now Shinobi is still like giga shitting the bed on a regular basis. Yeah. And I don't I like. And he's playing one of the like main. He's, he's playing fucking Sova for fuck's sake. Like yeah. it's yeah. supposed to be a fragging role. And the guy's frequently bottom fragging for this team. So that's appalling. But C9 have also, they had some decent executes. And I think the key to beating TSM is always going to be to pumble them early in the in the pistol round. Pumble. Got to pumble them, dude. <laughs> pumble them early in the pistol round and keep the momentum going so that you can always keep an orb out of, uh, out of what else hands. And that that puts a lot more pressure on Sabrosa and Drone. And Sabrosa just, he disappeared. Yeah. I, I also like... C9's compositions that they play as well, like obviously they, they bring that Sage in a lot and they use the jet naturally uh, sort of quite a lot. It's actually quite similar to what G2 were doing with uh, David P. Um, like you, play, you can play this like aggressive uh, aggressive yeah. Sage, but I just, yeah. I, like their play style seems way more momentum heavy as well and like always bringing that Sage. Like they, they, don't, they don't really play Brimstone at all, right? I think they they play him on one of the They play, a bit. Maps they play him series. on Bind. Yeah. yeah. But that's sort of it. So, you know, I don't know. They, their compositions well, are... They're also, Cloud9 are also really weird because when they go over to Split, like Split's a map where you really need that extra additional duelist. Mm -hmm. But Shinobi can't frag. So they have to put Relics on the raise instead. Like Shinobi just can't frag, so he can't play the raise. So they have to move Shinobi uh, over to the, play the Smoker and he ends up playing like Omen on those maps. And it just, it all goes to shit, which is what part of what happened in the finals, I think. Didn't, yeah. didn't they play... I think Cloud9 were one of the only teams who played. No, it was it was Quad actually that played Arena. Yeah, that's a, that's another topic. But yeah, so are you like Arena. actually like because it seems like you're happy with that the fact that they're signing Mitch now to this roster now when he's playing Sage, but like do you have any worries whatsoever if they just sign the remaining players like 
100%. Yeah, I, I think it doesn't make. I, I don't think it makes any sense to sign Shinobi. I, I'm sure the guy's a great dude, and he's apparently their shot caller. But he is, he has now found himself in a role where you need to frag. You are like the secondary fragger for this team, and yeah. you're, and he's. What well, I I looked up his stats earlier on. Actually, I'm going to do it now because it's not great. <clears throat> okay, so when he plays the Sova, which is his new role for this team, and I suppose you could say that he is also. Like, it would sometimes play the Breach, which is his second most played um, hero, because that also fits their team composition. But his average KD is 0.7, and then on the Breach, it's 0.6. Kills per round is is like half. Uh, he is like passive, only getting kills with his abilities, mm, not able wouldn't. to string anything <laughs> together. Yeah, it's... He takes the Odin on Ascent a bunch. I mean, it's, style. it's shocking. Like, this guy used to be their Sage player as well, back when Sages didn't really have to do anything, and they looked okay, and now he's just totally lost. Does he just not have a positive KD on any role? Is that what I'm looking at here? Yeah. Oh, I mean, he's played one game as Omen, which I guess was the split game, and I oh, guess he yeah. put down he, a 1.1 KD. I mean, that's 1.1, but yeah. <laughs> not... Ideal. Yeah, I if Cloud9, here's my biggest Wyatt had a different opinion of this as well when we were discussing this. Wyatt says he he was praying that Cloud9 picked up the entire org just to teach them a lesson after the recent tournament. <laughs> because what? yeah, he like wants to see the world burn because he was like because he he and myself, I think, are quite critical on these orgs who are coming into Valorant and they're just taking the lazy approach of just looking at tournament results and saying, Oh, this team made it to the finals. Yeah, we'll sign them. Pick them up. These young lads these young guns uh, and they don't really put any thought into the team itself and and, and how it you might work call that envy here or i mean that's exactly yeah. what envy did and we're going to get onto that later and i've got some stern mm. words for hastro okay, but okay. the Hastro's uh, gonna block you he, you know he blocks me on twitter if i say stuff about him didn't hastro step into yeah, a different really? role as well yes. like, yeah well, chief gaming officer yeah. or something now. i think it's more so, team yeah he's like more mean? In the trenches now with the with the teams, unless uh, it actually might have side. more to do. It could have something to do with corporate ownership of the brand as well. Like right, that, right. that might have been. Yeah. I actually don't know for sure, but well, I remember I said something about like how he picked up AKM and he gave me the, the fattest unfollow. I'm still really <laughs> unbelievable, <laughs> unbelievable. Anyway, the anyway, um, it was a, a bit of a shame not to see um Immortals go through. Like yeah, getting, did they get booed by well. Code Seven? No, it's Sentinels. Yes. Sentinels, back in the it? mix, watch out. I think it was a bit of an unlucky tournament run as well, honestly, for Immortals, because they, game was sick. Well, they lost 13-12 to Code 7, I think, and then they lost 13-12 twice in a row to Sentinels to get knocked out 2-0. So, mm. I mean, there's a lot of mistakes. If you go back and you look at the Immortals-Sentinels game, a lot of errors. I wrote this down. I'm, make, I'm determined to make a full video about this because it was just monstrously stupid. But Immortals, when they were attacking on Bind, they pushed B 11 out of 12 of the rounds and they just fucking <laughs> whacked their heads into the brick wall. 11 out of 12 of the rounds were B hits where Sinatra's just like flashing them from different angles on the Phoenix. It was one of the stupidest like... I don't know, just like an absolute determination to plant the fucking bomb on B. And they were like, we're not giving up, you little bastards. We are not giving up. <laughs> and it's it's just mental to watch it out and watch them fail in so many different ways attacking point B. And they got a couple of rounds and on they actually map? strung together like a five, seven, half or something. What but map? it was just, it's, this was on bind. Right, it was just yeah. such a like fundamentally bad approach to their attack. Um, yeah, and so I, I mean, think that they made a lot of mistakes here, but they did get a bit unlucky as well because you, you know a couple of other rounds I go am, their way and they end up going through the semis. 
Yeah, I mean, th th this entire region, to sort of step away from this game specifically, it's just like so frustrating to watch sometimes. Like, so many times I try to tune into these NA tournaments and they're just putting down the Sage Wall on bind point A and they just do the same old, same old. We smoke in, we put the Sage Wall down, we plant, we back off, we throw mollies and orbital strike in and that's how we play bind. And they just do that on repeat all the time. Whereas some teams in EU, where they have success, it's actually rotating around the maps, trying to find picks, you know, trying to secure space in mid to then work around and actually like have some kind of slow play to find advantages with map control. Yeah. But yeah. it feels like some of these NA teams, I mean, they're just YOLO, let's hit this side all the time. Uh, what team was it? Um, there was one team. Was it Gen G? It was Gen, Gen G were G playing super Ascent. passive. Just, uh, I, were playing... Yeah, it was on Ascent where one team just kept going. Uh, was it A short on Ascent? And that's pretty much all they did. They just took the orb on A, on a mm. and then they just rotated it short and just did that like 24 times in one match. And I was like, cool. <laughs> Gen G, I yeah. think, were... They looked the strongest in this tournament, obviously, because I think they were the most disciplined. They come into this tournament... They are a very disciplined team. They play quite patiently. They... I think they like to punish some teams that play a lot more aggressively into them. But I am convinced if Immortals were on the other side of this bracket and they weren't on the side where they had to go up against some of these other teams like Sentinels, uh, they I think they would have made it to the finals. That may be a hot, a hot take, but I think... Hmm. I think it would have been very close because I, I think that they, their style plays well against Gen G because Gen G give you so much room. But when yeah, they play they against aggressive teams they just give you like rope to hang themselves genji just trade every kill they're always playing together in like a buddy system yeah. and so if you if you're playing against like a fragging team like t like a tens or a sinatra or something they'll just let you get the one kill and then they'll kill you and yeah. then you're in a 4v4 and I mean, that's why they beat c9 because they traded for tents all the time. Mm -hmm. Like tents would always get so many entry frags on bind specifically against genji and there's always going to be someone there to kill tents off and i'm like Tense entering doesn't work when you have a team like Gen G playing so disciplined and actually following up on those initial trades. So I think I'm way more bullish on Sentinels uh, than maybe you guys are because I think that semi-final with, with Gen G was was really good and uh, that one could have gone either way. Uh, especially like I think Shazam had like a really good series. Uh, obviously, I think I think Zoms kind of uh, struggled a little bit in in that semi-final. My but, uh, there yeah. there is a world where Sentinels win that one two one. My issue with Sentinels. Uh, is that when I was watching this game, and I said it when I was watching it, I could just, I think Genji have got an excellent read of some of the teams that they play against, where if they know that the enemy team are ecoing, they they just kind of, they just understand what to do against them because they know that Sentinels are going to push mid on an eco. They know that Cloud9 are going to do the same. But they know that when these teams are, they, they feel like they have to take risks so they're behind in some manner. Genji know exactly how to play around that. And it's just super disciplined, trading out kills, not getting ahead, not giving them free kills, not giving them free weapons. Uh, and that kind of style is the antithesis of what a lot of teams in NA like to play right now, which is this hard, fast, puggy style. Pretty puggy, yeah, I agree. Yeah. yeah, I think though that Sentinels have made considerable improvements from tournament to tournament. Oh, oh, like yeah. Sentinels yeah. still look better than they did the last time we saw them. And last time we saw them, I was fucking gobsmacked by how much better they look because they yeah. were they were losing to amateur teams and then they came into what was it the T1 uh one the where they went, end up so, yeah. they end up losing they to uh, so Faze, I think. Yeah, but they looked a lot better. Yeah. And then in this tournament, they have more executes. They have more kind of uh, set plays to be able to take map control. They are slowly getting better. And I think they've got to the point now where they are 
you know, genuinely you could have them in your top five. I think you'd be slightly overrating them, but I, I think that you could have them in your top I, five. Absolutely. I love them. It's like a really unorthodox style, right? Like Sinatra is always trying to take heavies uh, when he can, uh, you know, like, and six playing that like aggressive sort of sage style that we're starting to see a little bit more of. And then Shazam on breach. Uh, I don't know. Like just they're, they're, they're fun to watch. And uh, I don't know. They're, they've come together really quickly. I think that obviously with the signing now and them, this is why I think, uh, you know, teams like Twat might actually start to look better, right? Because every player, well, just, all they say is that once we get signed to a team, that's when we really start getting going because mm -hmm. we have time to practice, we get paid, yada, yada. But what know. do we I'm, think I'm, then I'm, about Envy signing Twat? Because I hate this <laughs> from these. I hate it when orgs pick up just wholesale rosters that have had one or good, one or two good performances. Like Twat of they're an amateur team or not anymore because they're signed by by Envy, but they had that good showing in the, the charity tournament, the 100 Thieves charity cash-up tournament. How much stock do you even put in that? Not a lot because they, they were the only team that had everything to gain. Every other team just didn't really care that much, right? There's nothing on the line. Well, Sentinels but, too. But, but Yeah, I think Sentinels were genuinely playing like their best in that tournament as sure, well. Sure, but Twan as a team, they they were trying to get signed, right? They're trying to, they're trying yeah, to go yeah. out there. And... Um, I don't buy into teams improving upon once they're signed, actually, this early on in in, uh, in Valorant. Because here's my thought process behind it. I, I was giving this some, some, some thought and I was wondering, like, okay, so why, uh, why does it feel like there's not that much improvement or really just sort of teams being pushed in, in terms of strategy or, or things? And I think it's because they don't have anything to really play for. Like, the end goal for a lot of these players right now at the start of the esports scene is to get signed get salaried, be able to play the game for a living. But there's no major to work for. There's no trophy. There's no championship. There's no best in the world title. Like, everything's in, th in free fall right now. Where's the end goal for a lot of these pro players to aim for uh, other than get signed and get paid? I mean, mm. you, you, you're still very much involved in the scene that you're participating in. And if you have, like, the mind of a champion you're always going to aim for that top spot still, regardless of how big the scene is. I mean, this is what happened in the Overwatch beta when uh, Envy at the time just went on this ridiculous win streak and all the teams below them just set their sights on Envy. We're going to bring this team down. We are actually going to become the best, the mm -hmm. next best team, right? So even though the scene is pretty small and there are no majors, maybe it's different this time around because some of these players come from Counter-Strike where there's a lot different stakes. But yeah. I still think you aim for the top spot, regardless. Okay, come on. Like, in fairness, how many games, you know, shortly after their inception have had something like the Ignition series that's been rolled out like this? Uh, in, like, let's be fair. You compare this to like games like, I don't know, Overwatch in its nascency, right? You had the Nerd Street Gamers uh, one. That was, what, 50K, right? There's, there was the, I mean, there's one in Australia that's like a, a 10,000 Australian dollars, which is kind of insane. The play one's 50K. Uh, the Vitality one was 15k euros. Oh, yeah, Japanese right. one's is, like 100. What, what do you mean there's nothing to play for? There's no free fall. There is money being given yeah. to these guys for competing <laughs> under rosters okay, that so, aren't even so, signed. So not nothing to play for. There is prize money, but in Dota, you've got TI. In League, you've got the, the whatever worlds. In the Overwatch, you've got the Overwatch League. You've got these end goals in your site. You want to be the best in the world. That's what you've got to aim for. In CS, you've got these majors that, that come around. And the majors are what's used to distinguish you between your peers as a, as a top player, as a top, a top gamer in that scene. Obviously, Valorant's not going to have that because they've launched during COVID and, and it's a new esports scene. But I think 
to, to add a little bit of nuance to this idea that I've come up with, but there's not really much to play for as well. A lot of these players who are coming into Valorant have come in from CS, where they have just been stuck in a tier two scene. And I'm, I'll be honest with you, Straight up, I'm not too familiar with it, but Wyatt definitely is because he was a former team owner. He knows the tier two scene in CS very well, especially around NA. And from what he tells me, there is a notorious amount of players in tier two CS that potentially have the drive to compete in tier one, but their only incentive is to play CS and earn money. They don't want to be the best in the world because it's too hard to be the best in the world. They're just going to earn the middle series tournaments. And a lot. apparently, there's a lot of players right now moving into Valorant that have that same attitude where they're just not really concerned with being the best. They just see Valorant as a quick and easy buck as they can just play on a team and they can carry over their CS fundamentals. I think that's exactly the same though in like early days of Overwatch. Like you have people who are coming over from other games just trying to capitalize on it and see if they can get good. But European a lot of people thing. are, yeah, yeah, stuff like that, right? And then they'll be good for a while and they'll drop off. They'll end up getting overtaken because there are hungry people. There are people, like, for example, the tier two CS people. I know from, like, interviews with uh, Eccles, for example, from Fish23 and, like, artists and stuff like that. These guys were stuck, like, playing shitty tier two tournaments and never getting anywhere in cs and now they finally have the chance to actually be the best in the world and yeah. it only takes like it doesn't take the outrageous amount of time that it would be to become uh, an, the best in the world at cs but it takes like quite a bit of work and they can see that if they put in quite a bit of work they can be right now the best valorant team in the world so i think that's that's because it's a more attainable goal to be like at the top right now because mm -hmm. it's so brand new i think that's actually like one of the reasons that we see a lot of people being fired up in the first place. And I would argue that there's more to play for now in, in early Valorant than there was in, in, in early Overwatch, even as, you know, as much as people have called the Overwatch League so yeah. fucked up. Let's yeah. think back to that year before the league started, when all of us were stuck in Europe. Woo! The one thing we did was the MSI tournament that didn't even go off. And yeah. there was like yeah. a takeover every now and then. Right. Yeah. There like, was there Apex was, going was, on though. Like, so the player, yeah, well, that is fair, right? But for, for European players especially, there was yeah. nothing to play for. Yeah. Not a thing. So they had to prove that they were in it for more than the money. But you know what? It's okay to be in it for the money. You, I think eventually, if your motivations aren't right, you'll fall out. And and so many people, like, what's too easy doing now as a lawyer? I guess he didn't care that much about being the best at Overwatch. He could just, you know, walk into a courtroom and, and talk smack like he did on Twitter. Or, you know, Drunks now is, <laughs> is, is working for Dice. Like he's, he's you yeah. know, happy sort of being there. So I, 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 I don't know. I just feel like, yeah, maybe that shit attitude exists in NA because they've always been a little bit more, I don't know, laissez-faire at tier two and stuff like that especially compared to europe but i also though out. i don't see the evidence for it either though Brent. because to tie this back to the original point it was it was to do with envy signing together we are terrific mm -hmm. and i think that these amateur teams have actually like they've been they've been grinding like sentinels for example to use your uh comparison there really isn't anything for these sentinels guys to play for once they get in a fat check like what i saw some article recently that was talking about sinatra maybe using a clip from a stream or something i can't remember talking about how he was getting paid as much or nearly as much or more i, I can't remember the exact details but within the same ballpark yeah. as his overwatch salary so like it would be so easy for that team to just chill as far as i'm aware they don't have a coach i don't think their staff is particularly you know like down their necks trying to get them to improve i think this is coming from the players as far as i can tell so they're like the prime example of a team that really shouldn't have that much to play for, but they are still driven to improve and they have made big improvements. Yeah, I mean, there's also the case that like, 
I, I, it, it takes a very unique mental if you get paid mad money in a scene and you know it and you don't feel like you have to justify that salary. Because that is essentially what happened to me when I played for Misfits, is we got paid a top dollar in Overwatch, and then there was a level of expectation for our performances. And I think it's very similar for Sentinels now, mm. where I would assume, I don't know anything, I would assume that they get paid among the top teams in the Valorant scene. And I can bet that those players feel a certain responsibility and pressure to live up to that money they are being paid. Because otherwise, they're in for a rude awakening, you know? You can't just relax once you get your contract because then that contract will expire pretty fast yeah that's that's what i'm concerned <laughs> yeah. with i'm concerned that some of these teams and players are going to get signed and then that's that's it the motivation kind of falters and and goes away because because there's no there's no major tournament in sight right it's all online and that's partly because of covid but uh, i mean this is this is just my hypoth uh, you know hypothetical <laughs> hypothesis <laughs> hypothesis uh, I looked it up on esports earnings, and Valorant's yeah. already paid out half a mil in in prize money, which is pretty good, right? <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, someone like Caboose nice. from Twat made uh, not very much in CS <laughs> before that. Yeah, yeah, and they That's do. Good. I mean, to focus in on the team a little bit more as well, the new team Envy, the the Together We Are Terrific Twat team, <laughs> has some has some pretty decent players. Like Mame's been pretty impressive with his orping and his jet play in general, and then Calypso and Caboose are just pretty. Pretty solid. FNS is well known. Mm -hmm. Well, he, he's a he's a real veteran, right? Finesse yeah. has been quite quite close to like the, the the top echelons. And remember, this is the team that lost Dapper to Sentinels earlier on. Like they they kind of got hamstrung a little bit earlier on. When they, he got kind of poached away from them, and they've had to sort of perform without him. So I, look, I'm I'm okay with that. I just you know I don't want it to be like some. Remember when CLG picked up their Overwatch team, the first Overwatch team they picked up, and they made like a oh. whole frag vid for these players that no one knew about like uh, you know like yeah, shiny and stuff like it? that it was like i oh, shiny yeah. goliath i think um it was like the old eg team or whatever and everyone's like what are you doing like that that really pissed people off because this team was like it'd been signed come out of nowhere and they did okay in the end but I'm, I'm just like okay i think that together we are terrific are like they're in the top 10 probably in NS. yes yeah, yeah they are right i mean they're, i mean this is a great test bed for the idea of team gets signed, team improves because they have all the resources they need to practice or, or whatever. Sentinels came good. They looked shaky first. They look, they look better now. I reckon they're like one or two tournaments away from taking a W potentially. So I, I, mean, I think let, let's let use this team as our test bed for the model. To look at it from a different angle, I don't know. Maybe the reason I'm molding is just because I think it feels like such an antiquated approach to picking up building a team in esports. When we've had yeah. so much information from the Overwatch League, presumably the League of Legends scene is pretty familiar with this, the process of trialing players. I'm not too familiar with no. it, so I can't comment. Um, but I assume that they have tryouts and trials and then they work different teams in different manners. Kind of, I, I want to see more teams kind of build an approach like what Immortals have done in Valorant. But I know that's difficult because they probably just don't know the people. They don't have the systems in place to do that. So the also, be the who do you hire? With each other. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, who do you yeah, hire to build these systems, right? Who do you hire to, to start the tryout process? And is well, it yeah, worth it? Who's the coach for T1? Yeah. Fraud, right? Like, guy is yeah. a legend. Uh, yeah. But, I mean, yeah. bear in mind, G2 are doing this as well, right? They haven't, like, they built this team around Mixwell. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they put in players that Mixwell hasn't necessarily played with. Like, Patatek was the, the second one. He's like a Polish guy, right? Yeah. And we know Pitt from NIP. 
And David P, by the way, who, who was pooing in the Vitality Open tournament. He was pooing. Even, even after he dominated, been playing that battle sage, right? In the interview after, I think it was Mixwell, he, he was speaking as if, yeah, there's no guarantee that this guy's going to be on the roster. Like, he is listed yeah. as a stand-in yeah. and as essentially a trial for him. So, yeah. you know, and don't forget, like, that, like G2 dominated. They, to be fair, they dropped, yeah, they dropped a bunch of Haven maps randomly in, in the upper bracket, but they always bounce back. Like, this is a team who's taken their time and they're not sure, uh, you know, if, if David P is going to be the guy they need. It could be a, a, a matter of sort of role compatibility, but... You know, they're dominating. Yeah. They're in a position I where really they can in a ringer and win. I, I think that David P would be the best uh, guy for them to sign. I mean, the, uh, the I, if if they're looking to sign just a uh, a sage player or someone that naturally fits into the meta right now, then really your options are David P or Law, in my opinion. There really isn't anybody else that stands out in yeah. the European scene that's on the same kind of level as the G2 guys. And David P, I, I know that, I, I, he got a lot of frags and he got a lot of clutches as well. But when you actually watch him, he takes the most absurd flanks and lurks I've ever seen. He's yeah. like always trying to sneak into areas and get behind people and go for these long wraparounds. So it's like a very specific, it reminds me of like get right in the early days of CSGO <laughs> yeah. where he's just taking wild flanks around behind everybody and then getting three Ks towards and the end. There's this mental pistol clip of him on B site ascent on defense where it's, it's, it's like with a, it's a, a pistol round. He pushes up with his slow orb and then gets like a four five K. Like, yeah, yeah. he's actually David P hands down has the best slow orb usage in fights out of any sage I've seen. And it's not even close. He, a lot of people don't even think about just utilizing sage utility in the middle of fights because it's it's not really designed for that it's designed to stop rushes but he uses them so smartly in the middle of firefights where you have you if you can make your opponents land in a in a slow orb they're not going to be able to take like jiggle peaks they're not going to be able to reset they're not going to be able to hide behind stuff so it just mows them down yeah. it's really smart well you also means you need less correction in a pistol fight right like yeah, yeah. corrections with the ghost is kind of what kills you so i mean but they're taking their time with him, you know what I mean? I also have noticed now more recently in Europe, they're playing less Sage on Bind spe specifically. They're, they're just moving away from that um, in general. So That's interesting I don't know. Yeah, I, I, we've yeah. seen a couple of teams sort of do that. So I don't know like what else David P really has in his arsenal. Obviously the gun skills there and the brains there. I hope they pick him up eventually. I, I also like it because it would be like a really, a very EU team, right? You'd have a Spaniard, a Pole, a Swede, uh, where's Artis from? Is it, is it, is it Latvia? Artis is, well, well, Artis is from the UK. But he's, he's, he's from Liverpool, but he's his Latvian descent. Uh, so it's, like, it's almost like... Or maybe he is Latvian, but he grew up in Lithuania. Uh, grew up in sure. Liverpool, I don't know. His, his the man's got a fucking thick Scouse accent. Like, he <laughs> oh, really? definitely did not grow up in Latvia. He grew up in Liverpool. That's <laughs> okay, fair enough. Um, yeah, either way, it's, it's, uh, it's kind of a cool mix. So it is I like nice, what they're doing, this all-star EU roster, you know? It definitely is all-star, though. I mean, you, you look at this team, and they have just picked up outrageous talent. And the, the, the players are all really smart as well. I've been... Because they played in a tournament, the Vitality Open, where the group stage, and actually the double limb bracket, not all of the games were casted. Uh, Mixwell was streaming, and so was Pith, but Pith's VODs are locked. And David P was as well. So I was watching from Mixwell. I'm not going to sub to Piss. Like, fuck off. <laughs> I'm not going to sub just to watch your VODs. Get out of here. Yes, you can keep your sexy cyber cages. <laughs> I'm good. Uh, but I was watching from David P and Mixwell's pods. I went back and I watched each game from both of their point of views. 
and the comms are really nice like all of their players really know how to set up little mini plays they're all really intelligent they don't really have like a set shot caller which i think that there were a few times that it made them fall over because they're like making a play somewhere and someone else didn't realize how to exactly back them up but most of the time it just keeps them so flexible it's much more of like an overwatch kind of team comm structure than a csgo one where's just think. fluid you're not you're not set in stone it's yeah not, yeah and each player is calling to make their own play so it's like if you have an alt or you have an ability or a play you want to go for you're telling your teammates what you want them to do to set you up for success mm -hmm. and i think that's absolutely the best way going forward for valorant well, like you gotta keep it dynamic. Though. What do you they think? They actually Johnny have about? more the NA puggy style. Like it's so aggressive, especially between artists. Well, his 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 raise is so filthy, bro. They artists. play they play like psychos. Yeah. yeah. What do you what do you think, Johnny, about the G two and the EU scene in general? I mean, I think that they are. They probably have the most well-rounded team in terms of firepower, probably 100%. in the world even. Because a lot yeah. of the times when we are discussing these NA teams, it's like they usually have one or two fraggers, and uh, like TSM and Wardell is like a great example of that. Whereas G2 just has firepower on every single role. That being said, I have to say that I'm a little bit concerned with their playstyle moving forward. Because it, as Mitch said, it does feel a little bit puggy at times. Especially when you have David P lurking and playing yeah. so aggressive on this stage as well. Where it's like, sometimes, like, Mixwell is doing his best uh, tense impression. And it's just like buying judges and buying shorties and it's just like he bought a shorty on the pistol round of split and was just running yeah. around with a shorty it's like i mean at some is, point yeah. teams will start adapting to this aggression and i think they already did back. so i i was watching you know that mitch was saying earlier about all those random haven games that they dropped well they yeah. started out on haven in the group stages and because g2 played this first tournament you could like live see teams adapting to them as they as they played out this tournament so the first time they played in the group stages they're like on defense they're pushing out a lot of different angles they're pushing a aggressive to take control along and then the next round they'll push c aggressive or sometimes they'll push mid and it was just catching people out constantly and david p's going on these wild lurks as well and then actually when they played against party parrots and prodigy later on in the tournaments i think it was probably like upper bracket final and grand final or something they lost both of their haven games which is their map pick it's what g2 thought was their best map but, yeah. and part of the reason when i was watching is because teams would just fake one push and then they'd sit there and they'd wait for david p to feed into yeah. them going for yeah. a lurk he and would they just stand all yeah. the time because he'd get the information in mid and then he would push his advantage yeah. and they just know that he was coming and just kill him and then they can just rotate. I think Prodigy actually played a beautiful Haven attack because the way they, they were did. rotating all the time. Like the amount of times they like pushed into Garage on Haven and then they rotated away from Garage and then you had three people on the defensive side on C already. Like I, I thought it was really well played and I also think that G2 got in their own heads a little bit on that Haven because there were so many times like Mixwell would like hold garage with an op or something and then before he's even seen or heard anything he would just rotate off and it just felt like they were they, they were they were not they were not trying to take as much map control as i wish they had because they were making like assumptions where prodigy would push etc yeah. they do like to make very off. hard reads that's something you can tell by listening to their comms is that whenever david p pushes out of an area they like to like hard rotate to a to one of the other bomb sites because they're predicting yeah. it or they'll get halfway through a round and they'll they'll be like i have a gut feeling they're pushing that side let's stack it and i yeah. think that haven because it has three bomb sites they like 
they can sometimes outplay themselves because they're once it gets late into a round if you pick correctly you're gonna dominate so if you have a good if you have a map where you can just read your opponent you're gonna pound them because you're, yeah. you you're in the right place at the right time do we, and they, uh, so, sometimes their reads are just off and they just are miles do away we, do we still think they're the best team in europe right now currently i mean it's them reporting well, parents right i mean yeah. absolutely i, I think I they're the best by i mean what the next closest team is is what prodigy which is just a revolving door of players under yeah. the org right like i don't maybe there's like i mean fabrican took a, a map off them right you know okay here's what i want to understand Fine, really, yeah on the same topic did you guys see ryan central's tweet on the 10th of uh of this month where the, he put out like it was a, a document that had predictions from all of the casters and and, and other people and the yeah. vast majority of people thought that fabrican would be g2 in that tournament was that yeah, before G2 I mean, signings? No, I don't no. think so. No, People think just thought that Fabrican was really good. I, I don't know. I think that that's a bit of disrespect on the players of G2 because Fabrican, the reason that, in my opinion, the reason that Fabrican are so good in, in EU right now is because they figured out their style. They understand their style better than any other team does. Pro like, probably in the world, actually, but they are not the greatest fraggers in, in the world. They just get how to play without a Sage. They're the team that's played the longest without a Sage across the entirety of Valorant, and they have figured out how to make their comp work. And most of the time, they're playing against teams that haven't played against Sageless comps yeah. that much. And I so think, they understand yeah. their style better than their opponents understand their style. But it's, I don't know why people thought that G2 wouldn't be able to read it. They're so, such smart players, and their fragging power is way better than Fabricants, apart from Zipak. Yeah. G2? Then... I don't know. Uh, fish one two three. Maybe. Then I don't know who's oh, better. Yeah. Maybe fish and NIP, one, two, right? I mean, we're gonna get onto that oh, well, as well. NIP actually having oh, no, added I, the hip 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 core, they I could wanna, be the second best team. I, or maybe the I want to. I want to talk a little bit first though before we jump into these other teams. Maybe it's better to jump into the teams, but I I just want to no, open the floor of a general it. question here. Do you? Th so okay. So I think does everyone here agree that EU looks like the stronger region in terms of? just general team play across the board compared to NA? Uh, no. I, Depends about across the board. I mean... I just, there's a huge gulf between like one team and like the rest in Europe right now, I think, until we see what this new NIP team looks like. I I'm think inclined to say yes. I mean, I, I actually like the strategic... Like some of the teams, like even started from CS, who were, I don't know, maybe the fifth or sixth best team, seems to have more understanding of the game than most of the top na teams i think yeah i okay so this is where this idea came from is because um i just got done watching the pulse invitational tournament which basically watched all the teams in na apart from t1 um we saw tsm slump which would normally be the best team and we i i got really tilted at watching the one side of the bracket <laughs> where it's just kind of like this easy run for cloud nine and they weren't really playing that well um and then I watched the EU tournaments and I came across two amateur teams that wouldn't even be considered. I can't even recall who they were. But right after that, there was EU tournaments that were going on and the difference in play was immediately, immediately noticeable just in terms of discipline, I think. And this isn't just EU bias because I've been living in North America long enough to be just indoctrinated <laughs> by Kona. So like I want NA to be good, but the difference is quite immediate. And I wonder, do you guys think this is because there is less money in EU, so it is more competitive for those sponsorship opportunities, more competitive for the team spots than NA. NA is a lot more 
free-flowing in terms of the amount of um, team opportunities. Flush with cash. Yeah, yeah. Do you think that that, com- that plays into it? The, the competition is a little bit more higher in terms of who can get signed in EU? I don't really buy that personally. I think it's probably more to do with the CS... Um, the CS veterans and and like the play style of CS teams that have br- that have come over into Valorant because yeah. European CS teams tend to be less puggy, a bit more of like figuring out set executes and the best way of playing the game and that kind of stuff. And even though that hasn't permeated thoroughly, there's some outrageous fraggers in EU all over the place, but mm-hmm. they're kind of scattered on different teams. And then. A lot of teams have like a couple of good maps where they have some very nice strategies. I I still think TSM, when they play normally and they don't have a really shit tournament like they did recently, I still think TSM would easily go toe-to-toe with any of the top European teams. Apart from maybe G2 who can output more firepower than them, but I I, I don't think there's a gulf. I think there's just a different play style. I don't okay. think I don't even think that G2 is necessarily as meticulous as a lot of the other European teams as well. I think they pushed no. aggressive they no. pushed aggressively no. for information from David P and then they tried to pincer or like make early mm-hmm. rotate so they yeah. could like yeah. just stack aside. They've still got I, a lot to do. Yeah, exactly. So I, I, that, that will calm down. I think they're playing around like really strong uh really strong braggers right now. I mean, I would love to see, you know, I'd love to see in Valorant a team that played like Early Navi did in CS, right? Mm. Um, oh, Lauren was talking about this the other day, and I, I tend to agree. Um, where, like, before, even before Simple, right? Where they'd like waste the entire round just chilling, right? And they yep. they make these executes that were like yeah. really solely pre-planned, but right at the end of the round, like we've seen twenty teams seconds do left in the round, teams have been it's doing sick. this in uh, in e- in the EU side. We've seen teams doing it, and I Party I love parrots, that style actually of play. are the closest. I I think from from watching Party Parrots, I would I would say that they're about as close as you, you know get. why that it's, is right. It's Angel, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's a like Hellraisers for the longer. I cast a lot of tier two Europeans Counter Strike, and as uh, a lot of like a lot of guys like Angel and Bondic and stuff, like just trying to frag out and like flip side tactics and stuff like that. And they were flip like mini Navi. They were like the mini Navi back at the time. They really tried to emulate that same style. So I want to see more of that. But like, I think that naturally is like set plays become more prevalent. Actually, uh, I really like- do love it as well because when I was watching it live, it reminded me it's it's kind of a different feel in, in a game like Valorant because because you have all these different abilities, all these different variables that come into play when you're playing that play style. I think it almost confuses teams more because the, the the entire idea of why you play down to the clock and you just you make your execute right at the end and you're keeping the the other team guessing is because one it gives them less time to rotate if they're still playing loose all over the map but two it forces their hand and i think it it, in a weird way, it gives them more win conditions because teams, if they stop the plant, they can win the round. So their game plan of what they had in, in their minds of maybe waiting for their team to rotate, it forces their hand early. And sometimes you get teams that get flustered in the moment because there's so little time. They have to, like, they, they get in their own heads. They're like, well, if I kill the planter right now, then that's the round we win it. And suddenly two players who are holding down the site, normally they would be playing for the retake. They play aggressively into five or whatever. They die, the, the yeah. bomb goes down. Yeah. And what would have been a winnable round is no longer winnable. That, well, I really, really like playing the clock, and I, I think forcing teams to make mistakes. It's it's because it, it it's so reminiscent of when I was really into CS in 2015. So reminiscent. So I, yeah, it's it's nice to yeah, see. I mean, the idea is to force teams to like defenders to take risks by trying to push up for information. Right? You give yeah. them nothing, and you like force them into that. 
Yeah, or use their utility, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. utility becomes way less predictable in the later half of the round. Because all four of us, when we go into a Valorant server, we know what we're doing the first five seconds of the round. If we're playing Sova, we're going to shoot that uh, recon bolt, you know? Or we're going to pull out the drone. If we're playing race, we're going to throw some paint shells. And, like, we're going to do that the first 10 paint seconds of the round. Ooh, Johnny? <laughs> Johnny's learning the lingo. Johnny's Next thing you know, he's gonna learn the lingo. Trap wires. <laughs> yeah, the trap wires, cyber cages. You know, I got it all sorted. The the neural theft. Yeah, you know. Nice. 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 Yeah, there we go. From mate. the shadows. <laughs> An ultimate that begins with a the run it back, bro. The phoenix pulling out the run it back. I I hate when but like the comment. You can't blame the commentators because I mean that is what the ability is called. But you They're know, also trying to get grand hired, final. Yeah. I hate them calling like Phoenix uses run it back. <laughs> you know, yeah. Here it goes. Okay. <laughs> I don't feel any sympathy for that when I have to say um, I have to say kinetic grasp, then you know gravitic flux, and then I have to say yeah. amplification matrix, and then immortality field in the same sentence. Accretion. Like, yeah. Okay. yeah. I really do think that from the shadows is a ridiculous name though, because it's <laughs> it, it it's not a noun. It's not. Yes. It's it's it doesn't make sense. Sounds like a post grunge song from like the mid nineties. <laughs> um i was gonna make a point though yeah so i mean early on in this game where we did play even like the close beta and stuff i hated when someone on our team would always call like let's just rush b and i'm like no you moron like they have a sage and he's literally holding his slow orb as you're calling for the rush like no force out a slower two maybe even a wall and then we can get some utility out because they're forced to use it before us and then we can actually work with that advantage. So. Tell you what I love actually about G2 that ties into your point, Johnny, is that they they do that kind of... So a lot of teams now, instead of making the rushes on the offense, they'll do like little pushes on defense, right? Because it's different to CS. You start defensively really far up. You start on the site. You start really pressed up. So you yeah. can go for aggressive peaks that you could never have done in, in CS. And so you can weave in these awesome aggressive defensive plays where you take a peek out of Haven Garage or you're taking a, a peek down B-Long on, uh, on Bind or something. And what I really like about G2 is that they do those aggressive defenses, but they also, their default setups on attack are normally designed to shut down aggressive defenses. So they just like immediately remove a whole strategy from the game. They, they use utility to do it, but every single time on Haven, David P on attack will shoot his slow orb at garage and yep. it's like most of the time it's not going to do anything but you are just guaranteeing you're not going to get randomly killed from garage and it just you immediately control the map and you shut it down which it does a i think main on a every round just slams a yeah. slow orb and walks into the corridor and i hope someone's already standing in it <laughs> yeah i i think it's really smart though it's it just it this whole game is about map control really even more yeah. so i think than cs is because you start so close to each other that you immediately start fighting over map control, like right from the go. And so you, using that utility right at the beginning, I think is a, okay. a great idea for G2 and they, and they spice it up. I'm going to reel it back to this topic because we've kind of drifted away from the original point of it. But the original topic that we had was best player in the world. Uh, and this is a difficult one. I don't know. This is Josh that wrote this. So, you know. You well, the reason I wrote it, it was because uh, Fion put out a tweet about it. And they've started, uh, ESPN has started doing power rankings power for teams rankings, as well. And it, I, I think it's too early to say power rankings for teams. But I think, it's, I think it's around the right time of the game to start talking about who the best players are. You know what really? I mean? I, 
I think that you can no. start having a conversation about who the best players are. Maybe not the best you player, gotta, but like... You've got to split it up, though, right? Oppers and riflers. And you can't do you just... do it by region as well? Yeah. I, I Based mean, on it's... the opposition. Yeah. yeah. Because you've wrote artists here, hands down, right? But you've, you've watched a lot of EU uh, Valorant as well. Uh, oh, yes, screw agree. So that's good I like that take. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, think, well, I, I mean, think I would agree with you that Ardis is probably the best opera in the world. I mean, Wardell's also incredible. I'm not going to take anything away from him. Like, he's actually Wardell nuts. is very good. But yeah, it's, 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 doesn't Tens get to be in this stock? argument as well? Sorry, what? Doesn't Tens get to be in this conversation as well? That yeah. was what I was going to say. How yeah. much stock do you put in Tens performances? I, I actually think Tens is fantastic too. If I was to make like a super team, I would want Tens and Ardis. I think because yeah. they they both are this rare breed of players who are fantastic riflers, can play a range of different heroes, and they've got unreal orb skills as well. Like Wardell's rifle isn't that good, but Ardis is, is and so is Tens. They're absurdly good at those things. Like what else? All right, but... especially now when you have Ardis playing the Soba as well, where it's like yeah. He's playing like secondary orper on his team to Mixwell as well, by the way. And Mixwell's another player that has an absurd orp and rifle. Uh, these these players are just game changing, and G2's got two of them. I just want to say as think... well, scream pooed on Prodigy earlier today. Yeah, mm -hmm. he pooed on yeah, them, I bro. Mean, statistically, what he I think over the course of the entire uh, maps, he got uh, K up over forty kills. Uh, yeah, forty-two, twenty-two. Unbelievable. Yeah. Scream is. Definitely, I think, in the running, if you've got to talk about the best player in the world. Yeah, if you're talking about riflers only, if you ignore the AWP, then yeah. you've got to have, like, Scream, Zipan, maybe Drone as well. Like, Drone's drone. really good. Yeah. When he's not pulling the bed and, and costing TSM a really good. Well, yeah, yeah, but I think that was only the one. He's been better than Sabrosa's been, I He's think. been pretty consistent, you know? Yeah. It, this, yeah, it's a very open question and one that cannot really be um, distilled by four Papegas. I feel like. <laughs> yeah, but I think you've got to the point, in my opinion, in Valorant, where you can start having these kind of discussions, more so than you can with power rankings, because the thing with power rankings is the teams are going to be learning things every week. They're going to be adding new executes, adding things. They, they're going to be getting better and better, but different teams are going to jump up at different times. Mm -hmm. Like Sentinels are learning and they're getting better every tournament, but Gen G fixed something. They they moved their AWP onto Sova and they they pulled Sage away from him and put someone else around and they instantly got better. So there was like a big jump there from one tournament to the next. So I think power rankings don't make too much sense as teams are improving so fast and so unevenly. I mean, but the players themselves uh, are actually fairly consistent. Yeah, you're right. This stuff is evolving at blistering speed. I mean, I'm pretty sure like Fionn didn't even have Cloud9 in his top five uh, in his power rankings. Yeah. I mean, I actually completely so. agree with that. I thought Fionn's power rankings, if you were going to do them, were the most accurate. I yeah. so uh, for those who for those who are watching, he had TSM number one, T1 number two, Genji at three, Immortals at four, Sentinels at five, then C9, then together we are terrific. Under Thieves, Code Seven, Y2 French, yada yada. Wait, where was Phase? Uh, not on there. Well, I mean, what not on there, right? Have yeah, fa <laughs> yeah, fa yeah. Well, that's true, I suppose. Yeah, Phase had a good performance though, and that's the th that's the other weird thing, right? Is that. Faze aren't even a team, and but they're, they're doing, doing it really right. well. They're doing yeah. it right. They got Jason R. Yeah. They got Corey, and this is what Brem was saying before that he hated about the envy pickup. That's what Faze is doing, right? Except, I mean, I like the approach. Except that Jason R. didn't even play with them, and he hasn't no, been scrimming with hasn't. them at all. And is he even going to be an active player, or is Apparently he just a streamer? He's like, be an I don't get player. it. Why? Right, yeah, he, somebody he was, told he was, me he's going to be an active player. 
Well, then why not scrim with him? Yeah. Why are you signing him? Like, Maybe I, I like the approach of signing people one by one. Yeah, but but if, you, if you're going to sign a player like Jason R., then mm -hmm. you should be trying him out. You should be scrimming yeah. him. Like, if you, if you actually care about whether the team's going to be good or not. And if you're not, then you're just signing him for the clout. I like yeah, Sam I mean, that's a phase on that, on that roster. What, sorry? Instead of, I liked Sam on that roster instead of Jason R. He was standing with him, right? They had what? They had Def, Marv, and Marv boy, was Zachary. insanely good. Marv yeah. was really good. And Zachary, who actually stepped up uh, later on, but he was, he was yeah. by far the streakiest player on that roster, though. He had some really off games, and then I think he finished uh, fairly well. But when Zachary wasn't firing, that team was really struggling. That was the T1 um, yeah. ignition tournament, right? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know what who, who knows what they're doing. I don't know if there's any news on it recently, but the whole this Jason R thing is, is kind of weird because I think they signed that him and strange. Corey at the same time, right? Or like, yeah. here's our thing. There was like a video of Jason R. He was like saying something or other. But to be fair, as far as NA, NACS players, like I remember, like back on Splice, Jason R made a, a real splash early on. So well, we, the reason we thought he wasn't signed as a player was because he's been streaming a bunch of different games, not Valorant, and <laughs> it, it seemed like he was just being signed as a streamer, as like a Valorant streamer. But maybe I don't know. It does seem like the phase way to pick up a a big streamer yeah. who plays the games yeah, yeah of course well, it is like the 100 thieves way when they picked up hiko like yes hiko is yeah. really good but he, there's a chance because he's you know he's a veteran he's getting on a little bit he might fall off in a year but he's been picked up because he is currently the biggest violent streamer in the world but it's yeah. not it's cory pickup wasn't that right like cory was not you know out there streaming and all that sort of well, no, I think but it might you know play that you're gonna it. get clout yeah it might play into it because Corey was one of the most popular Overwatch players. He had a pre-existing following coming in. Um, Not as big as Jason R's though. If you look at the announcement posts and stuff like that, like it was almost like twice as many people were hyped about Jason R than they were about Corey. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what's next? Me joining a Valorant team? I mean, no. I don't know. I, mean, I don't really get Face Clan. I, I kind of I enjoyed watching him. There was, I remember watching him. It was like Face Clan versus Sentinels. Uh, yeah, that, that was fun. fun. Like honestly, like the players have picked up. Marv is sick. Like a def obviously is like Marv a really storied, sick, like yeah. NACS player. I don't know. We'll see what they're doing, but they've been quiet, right? They haven't really been competing since the T1 thing. Yeah, so. they haven't done anything, which is why I suppose it makes sense not to power rank them. But who knows how good well, they're well, going to be? Yeah. Arda, our good mate Arda from ESPN had him at number eight, so good on him. Why <laughs> not? Why not leave T1 out? Yeah, T1 haven't played case. that much either, but they've they played, played more much. tournaments than FaZe have. They both yeah. haven't ranked, T1 ranked at number two. Yeah, it's, it feels like by default, they just want to consider them at that point. I mean, yeah. you have Skadoodle, Brax, and AZK on this team. So I guess... Yeah. yeah. All, I really enjoyed watching Crashies. I think well, he was the Cypher player, right? Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. He was good. I want to move this on. What were their because... last match, actually? What's right? the last match? When were there? It was T1. The T1. T1 played against TSM. Yeah, yeah. They yeah. they got boomed by them in that final game. There's two and more I'm kind teams. of molding that they're not playing more. Yeah. yeah. It's uh, it's annoying. I mean, there's some... There's, on the other hand, though, it's kind of lovely that TSM, the best team in the world, or, or best team in NA, Yikes. sorry. The, TSM have been playing in so many of these little tournaments. TSM have been playing in like the Pittsburgh tournaments and all of the little oh, the, shitty uh, ones as well. Little, so the yeah. Nerd Street Gamer ones, like yeah, the small and they actually ended up being the best team as well. So there's, I think there's some kind of justice in that, you know, that the that we haven't actually been denied watching the best team in NA. We've been watching them the entire time. 
Yeah. The Pittsburgh Knights Tournament Series. I think we're talking. <laughs> yeah. They also competed in that uh, Gamers for Equality, the uh, the Cash App mm-hmm. tournament, right? Yeah, yeah. They got boomed out in the group stages. That was the yeah. Sentinels that beat. Uh, that was, they were playing with Griffin. myth, though. I'm making uh, an executive decision to uh, move it on. We've got two more teams to talk about. Right, yep. right. Two more teams. Nip is going to be the first one here because they signed the core of Hip Hip Hip. Hip Hip Hooray. I'm so excited for this team. Yeah, I am so, actually. I think this is genuinely going to be a super interesting team to follow. I think they are as well. That, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, Sorry, Johnny. I just correct, you might know more. Actually, you might be able to answer my question here. The <laughs> you got the raised eyebrows. I don't know with this this <laughs> core, this hippy peeps core. They've been swapping in out players, right? What well, do you mean by swapping? Yeah, they've I mean, been playing. I, Rhyme and Lucker hasn't played. They they I mean, be, they've been with experimenting Prodigy. with their core roster. They haven't just stuck to five and just uh, got picked no. up. No, no, hip 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 always had the same five players. I think really, but, yeah, no. but NIP didn't. Yeah, most recently, Hip, Lucker, and right. Ryan were playing with uh, two Turkish players. On yeah, the, but that was just the... a mixed roster for Prodigy. Like, yeah. Hip, Hip, Hip's players that, like, the team Hip, Hip, Hip that has been doing really well, I think they've been playing with the same team since the beginning, haven't they? Like, it know. was these guys, and then it was Law, and then it was... Oh, fuck, who was the other guy? Can't even remember. Or Creative. Korea. Oh, Korea. no, 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 Korea got signed. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, he got, he got signed, signed to the team. Yeah. Uh, yeah, was who, it, oh, Pediskel. Uh, it was Pediskel, the uh, Cypher player. Yeah, so they, they were playing with like those five people pretty much the whole time, and they, they did really well. That I don't know. There's a lot to talk about with this team. Yeah, I mean, like, like let's start with the roles. Like, what roles do you even play? Because Kriya is obviously going to play the Omen. Um, yeah. We know what they're doing. We, we we have data from these guys. They played this morning and they smacked Forza, who randomly got invited to this weekly. Oh, I, I watched that game. Yeah, I'm just saying that they've been so live. inconsistent in the roles. What? Yeah. Yeah, I watched I mean, that game last I, night. I haven't watched this game. <laughs> I, I, I haven't watched Korea, it either. I remember specifically, I, I watched uh, the bind map, which was the last map. I think neither map was really oh, close, but Korea was fuck? playing Omen for the entirety of it. Okay, yeah, this I mean, is, Korea, Korea's this is Omen super strange, though. Goes. This is really weird, right? Because to give the context for, like, why me and Johnny are con- uh, confused about what roles they would run in the first place, Luck has been an orper. He's mostly yeah. played Jet. <laughs> Okay, and then Rhyme has been a smoker. He has mostly played Brimstone and Omen, and yeah. so you've you've taken like a smoker and you've added in Kriya, who's probably the best Omen player that I've personally seen. He's and insane. but he basically only plays Omen. He yeah. I don't I've never seen him play Brim particularly. Like, I think he's played it in like one or two maps. So now you've got two smokers on the same team. You've added Firoth, who normally plays Sova, which is normally your Orper. And Feroth is normally like an Orper. So, okay, you've got Lucker and Feroth who are the two Orpers. And then Hip is normally the, the entry player. But but that doesn't really make sense because you, you don't have a Sage and you don't have a Cypher, the two players. Well, the, the that's two the thing, roles right? That because are like the most then you important. add well, no, Rhyme. Cypher, Rhyme plays Cypher, right? No, he no, never hold had on, before. Hold on. Okay, so Rhyme okay. used to play a lot of race. And now he started playing more Sage, especially in this last tournament with Prodigy. So he's played Sage and he had that Haven game against G2 that he absolutely banged people. And then, uh, I mean, Rhyme, I think, I I think I read some article that Rhyme has played the most different agents in competitive Valorant with like seven or something. (laughs) And then you have Locker, who's also playing Sage, the same tournament as Rhyme. And then you have Hip just kind of like playing uh, He played Sage once in the groups as well. Yeah, he played Sage, but then he also plays He's a bunch of Reina and Race. Yeah. 
I don't like the the Reina pick. I don't think. I mean, it's he played awfully in that game against G two. Hip got yeah. absolutely rolled. Hip's so, mechanics on Reina are actually all right, but he, I think his like positioning and his aim is not naturally conducive to being a Reina player. I don't think consistently you can play Reina as much anymore, though. Yeah, like, I, I don't. I don't like it strategically. And so then I'm like, okay, well then you'd probably want to put Hip on the race pretty much full time and maybe, I don't know, like a breach or something. Well, I mean, I assumed that Hip was going to be playing the Sage for this team because you want Lucker and Firoth on roles that where they can AWP. And then I saw that someone tweeted that Ryan was going to be playing the Cypher. Now, I, I've looked at the roles that they're playing. You've got it up on the screen right now. I didn't watch this game, but Mitch was saying he did. Yeah, Lucker's playing the Sage. He is the AWPer for this team. He should be. Yeah. I assume he was AWPing. Sage AWP is something that teams did at the beginning of the year and they had to move away from because it's not good. It limits you massively in Wasn't the aggressive angles. Wasn't it just angles the cheese of like just getting up on boxes and like making use of the wall mode? Yeah, really? basically. Like yeah, teams were okay. still doing that, but they just wouldn't have their Sage Orb. they just boost up onto the wall. Yeah. I think the only player that Sage Orbs now is uh, Skadoodle, isn't it? I think that's the only player. Uh, Lucker. Yeah, I mean, apart from Lucker, obviously right. that's what we're talking about, uh, yeah. Brent. I called you yeah. Matt there because you were making a dumb point. <laughs> <laughs> that's fans. But, I, don't, but yeah, I don't know what I mean, they're doing yet. Like, remember, like, they, they've been... A, these guys have been a mixed team until the NIP pick up, but I, this match, the win against Forza this morning means absolutely stuff all. Like, it doesn't mean anything. I really, I'd like to see, like, if there's some solidification of, of roles here, sure. because this is, like, completely different look. They just come off the back of playing, yeah, well, they, they, they played the Vitality tournament with a mix, so. I, still, I mean, Hip looked decent this morning. Um, yeah. I don't know. We'll see. They, they, think... they have some tough competition in the, in this bracket, so. Yeah, we'll I think Firoth is a weird pick for this team. And he's listed as the team captain. But if I was to go through the hip 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 roster and the kind of players that I I kind of overlooked, Firoth would be one of them. I didn't think that that team really thrived in their orping, and Firoth was their main orper. Mm -hmm. And so to have him on the team, I guess, like fulfills that secondary orp position and he's going to be playing the Sova. And his, his fragging isn't bad by any means. He just didn't stand out to me. But it just makes their roles so weird that I feel like if they had picked up Law instead from Hip Hip Hip, there's probably some like calling and leadership reason why they didn't. But it would have been more natural. I, I think their test comes in their next game. They are playing, um, they're playing Dish 1, 2, 3. In the yeah, our next team, right? oh, wow, that will here. be huge. That's a match. That's a match to keep an eye on. It's sure. been rumored that Fish One Two Three are being signed by Liquid with Scream as well. What an interesting team! What a, what an interesting like a story for Fish One Two Three as well. Because this team yeah. was just they played so much around Artisan and, and his orping, uh, and yep. how could you not? And with his uh, move over to G Two, I guess not really the case they've had to adapt and they've added a rifler they've added scream this is just not the way i would have yeah. figured this would have gone it makes no sense i mean it just fundamentally makes no sense that this team would play with scream and <laughs> because they were lacking an orper none of their other players op and that was such a key part about how they were able to dominate the early days of valorant was that they had like really slow style whenever Artists could AWP, and then they would just rush whenever he didn't have the AWP. And now they, yeah, now they're having Eccles' primary AWP, and yeah. I, I don't know whether that's going to work for them because he's their smoker as well. It's, it's so weird putting the AWP in the hands of people that can't play 
aggressive positions easily. Yeah, that's strange. Uh, it's also strange as well. I mean, Scream was rumored to be going over to G2, but I just find it odd that Scream, the lone Belgium, is going to be joining a team of Brits. That never goes well. <laughs> that actually never I mean, goes well. The more Brits you add to a team, the more chance it has of imploding. In fairness, I, I mean, you had Scream didn't get along with his French teammates either. Right, like there was a whole problem with back on G2 in Counter-Strike with these guys like Shox and, and Kenny S, like these guys like didn't want to practice and Scream just was like obsessed with the hype around his, I, I, around his one taps. It was like, I know it sounds like a meme, but he like was doing, he was like throwing rounds by trying to go for first shot kills where he should be spraying down and his team was getting really pissed. Like MBK went on, on record saying how frustrating this was on and how much record. he holding him back I like uh, he went like, down to the I, station I've, I've, I've interviewed a deal before a couple times actually and uh you know he i don't know i think he's the kind of guy to definitely believe his own hype here i'd be very interested to see how he fits into this team mm. right i want to see if his work ethic matches up with the rest of the players right because like eccles and and all these other guys obviously have been grinding for a long time and they look really good early on in, in valorant i mean it's, it's a similar concept, though, to like what G2 are doing, building around Mixwell. Obviously, one's an awful one, one is not. Um, you have to mesh, right? You have to mesh in play style, attitude, all that kind of stuff. And I, I want to see if, if the Legend of Scream gets a, gets a second go or, or if this is going to be it. So it's just weird. But, I mean, they boomed a terrible team this morning. So, I mean, we don't... I mean, they boomed it Prodigy seems... who are just mixing players yeah. in. So. It, I mean, you say it's similar to like the G2 approach. It reminds me a bit more of like 100 Thieves just adding Hiko into a team that was <laughs> that was doing all right. But but it doesn't really make sense, right? Because Hiko isn't like a god-tier aimer. He's a really smart player, whereas Scream is definitely just a beast of an aimer. I, I don't think now is the time to have a team without where, where your strengths are in the rifles instead of the orbs. Uh, orping is so powerful right now. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't really see how this team is going to yeah. be able to Unless stand they, up to. That, yeah, it does. To it does feel like a teams. very strange team because because of what you said. Orpers are so powerful right now. You got to play around the ops around a jet player or something with high mobility so that they can play those aggressive angles. You just need to be able to take advantage of them because it, especially because some of these maps have such long sight lines as well. It feels like you're kind of mm. shooting yourself in the foot if you're playing around a rifle kind of style of, of play. If you go over to Haven or Ascent or, or whatever. I, I don't know. It's a weird decision. Maybe they're just banking on Riot eventually nerfing Ops or something. I don't know. I, I don't know. I want to see what they do with Scream because obviously he likes to play a bunch of Breach, right? Like wants to set up like on defense as well. He wants to set up like early early information gathering, early aggression opportunities. Like he he holds A on defense on Haven. He'll push up to A long. He'll use, um, you know, the whatever the, the Shockwave or whatever the Breach has. And, you know, Johnny will tell me what the, what it's called. To set up these early peaks, right? But I mean, I don't know. Maybe if you don't have an AWP, your rifles just tend to push up much more on the map for info and play corners. But yeah, yeah I think I watch Breach could also be an amazing role for him because, I mean, one of the best ways of dislodging an AWPer from their position is to just flash him in the face yeah. and try and push up. And Scream's going to hit those shots. I want, I want to see the, 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 the fusing of uh, Sinatra and Scream together, just like as one. That would the be fuse. So you, you mean a, a breach player that takes the omen every round? Uh, sorry, the Odin every round. <laughs> that sounds well, great. Well, I mean, I, I would like, uh, you know, I, he hasn't played it, but I would love to see Scream just play Phoenix and just go and just press the go button like Sinatra does. Yeah, yeah. I but, mean, Scream was playing a lot of Reina before this. The last times that Fish123 played, 
he was always on the Rainer, but it it just didn't work. Like Screen was putting up ridiculous fragging numbers, but the rest of his team just didn't have the utility to be able to to do anything, and they they flopped hard. Um, I, actually, I was listening to an interview this morning, a good interview from GG Recon with uh, Yiska from the Overwatch community. He was mm -hmm. interviewing Eccles, um, who is the team captain, um, and he was talking about kind of integrate and scream in and Eccles didn't really want to say too much because they hadn't played in the tournament yet so he didn't want to give away like what role scream was playing and that kind of sure. stuff but he was saying that it took them a lot longer to figure out what to do with scream than they were expecting um and this is what they've presumably settled on is him playing breach instead of the rainer but Eccles yeah. is playing he's he's opping what as omen yeah he's now the as far as I can tell, I, I didn't watch this game, but I flicked through it to try and figure out who was actually orping for them. And it seemed like it was in Eccles' hands most of the time. And yeah. he was the guy that was trying to pick up the orp after Ardis left. I mean, to say that there's a difference, a large difference between Ardis and Eccles' orp is <laughs> a, a, an unbelievable understatement. Um, there's, there's a gulf between them. Eccles is just capable. I mean... He's not even really good. He's just capable. To put a bow on this, uh, their next match is, is definitely worth watching. Fish123 and NIP, right? Two, two oh, yeah. new teams that get to show their stuff. So that's like our time. It's like 8 a.m. Well, that leads in the morning, us into but, yeah. uh, talking about the tournaments then. So let's let's talk about the We Play Invitational. This is the EU tournament. Was it 50, 50 grand total prize pool? It's kind yeah. of mental in terms of the amount that of money that's actually good. been thrown here in the EU scene. There's um, a few of these ignition tournaments with 50k prize pools, so it's nice not, to see one in Europe. Not all now. of them, though, right? No, that's true. But I think the Nerd Street game is with 50k, right? I don't know for sure. I think this might be the okay. highest prize pool that we've seen. Mm, I, I don't think so. It wasn't the one in Japan for 100k or something. No way. It was, there's laws uh, in place in Japan that would prevent that. I'm pretty sure. Let me check. NSG was. Oh no, the was NSG one was 50k. 50K. Uh, the 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 P1 was 50k as well. The Japan okay. one was 50,000 yen. No, no, it was five million yen. Five, no, so five, no, five hundred thousand. No, winner take all. Five hundred thousand yen. Five hundred thousand yen. <laughs> there are limits in Japan, I think, in terms of prize pool that they can hand out. So fifty k does not sound right to me. It's five hundred thousand yen, which is, it's about four and a half k US. Okay, mm. that sounds more like the it, winner yeah. take all prize pool. Ah, interesting. Uh, so, and the Australian one is yeah, like ten k Australian, which is kind of mental. Like there was yeah, I, yeah, the one of them the august one coming up that's mm -hmm. five million yen i feel like we've already mm. okay to, to go back to this tournament the we play invitational we've already kind of feel like uh, i think covered what we're really looking forward to this event mainly like yeah. fish one two three how they're going to be performing with their rifle compositions um you know g2 their sort of puggy style are they still going to get caught out by teams kind of adapting to uh the way they've been playing in terms of just yeah. this hyper aggressive look from uh uh, what's his bloody name? Uh, yeah, that guy. David P. Yeah, that's the one. Um, <laughs> yeah. Is, is, I have, there, I have any, is there any hot it. takes anybody wants to come out with regarding this tournament? Because it's, I'll, it's. I'll give you. I'll give you a fairly decent hot take. Okay. Uh, need more DM, which is a team that's currently Norden one. It's a full Hungarian team, mm -hmm. and they've so far only played against Party Pirates. But their first one was a, a 15-13 loss on Haven. And this team has a player called Buzzed. I have no idea how to even pronounce his name. That is really good. And I think oh, can occasionally have... What, sorry? They got barcode. <laughs> You're talking like you have any idea of who these, yeah. these players are. I have Listen, no guys, clue. 
My, I'm half Hungarian, uh, and I can tell you that the guy's name is pronounced Buzd. Buzd. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you. Yeah. That's kind of I, I mean, I love that. I, love I think they like, could upset. There were, they could upset. There were some... I think they could make like an upset because there's a clear top four, right? There's like a massive difference between the top four teams and the bottom four teams because there's no Fabrican in this tournament because for some fucking reason, they invited Yo, fours instead. You know what? That's I, I know why they did that, by the way. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll come back to this, but that is bullshit, by the way, that Fabrican are not like invited to this tournament, especially why when they're taking they literal maps. I'll I, I tell you why. I don't know. You know why? We play is owned by a Ukrainian holding company. Forza is like Belarusian, uh, Ukrainian. I guarantee you there's some dodgy business going on uh, there. <laughs> and you know what? And so Latex tweeted about this. Structural kick is not financially responsible for any statements provided uh, by Mitchell. <laughs> I casted World of Tanks. I survived dealing with Belarusian influence in esports, mate. I'll be fine. Don't worry. But I can tell you, I can tell you that like Latex, uh, Latex and Fabrican were, uh, I assume they had the chance to qualify. These qualifiers were best of one, single elimination, no seeding, ran yeah. to 4 a.m. in Europe. Do that like... I mean, credit to the guys from Need More DM who actually went through that process only to get smacked this morning in their games. But Latex tweets on July the 13th, and I quote, CBA single elim BO1 qualifier with no seeding and will run till 4 a.m. Don't forget random map selection and knife rounds. So yeah. Fabrican had a chance to qualify and they just they just couldn't be bothered because it was right. so brutal I think, that's, the game. I think that's fair enough. I think that's totally fucking fair. Like I would not want to go through that as well because then if you lose, you'd just look worse as well. But you have yeah. to like, you have to be so consistent in these BO1 tournaments. In oh, BO1s, BO1s dude. you have to be able to beat team after team after team after team that are playing a range of weird styles and some might have some individual fraggers. You have one bad game, you're out. When you're actually like clearly a top five team in Europe. The next, I call uh, play. That's all. the next big, anybody else got any final hot takes I want to dish out? Did you see that Renegades picked up a team? Did they? What? Renegades picked up big frames today. Big frames? Who's on uh, big yeah. frames? Who? Right, yeah. I have not seen big frames. I have not seen them play in any tournaments. Okay. I put it in the... Uh... Big frames are currently ranked... N Number 11 in the Valor.gg ELO rankings. They went out in the quarters and made the player. Okay. All right. All right. Well, big frames. Okay. Interesting. Here goes Bren again. Best of luck to them. But let's, up. I'm going to talk about the PAX Arena. Invitational <laughs> 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 I don't know. I mean, it, yeah, I got nothing to add to that, to be honest. I Best mean, Renegades are a big org, right? So they probably don't have very much money. They're just trying to get their foot in the scene yeah. at all. Yeah, I think that might be might be the case. The PAX Arena I mean, Invitational is going on. That's twenty five grand in total. It's a North American tournament that's coming yeah. uh, upcoming. It's uh, happening on the twenty second of July. So by the time you guys are watching this, it won't have actually happened yet. Unlike the uh, the We Play event that is ongoing, and by the time this gets uploaded, we'll be midway through. Um, this is an interesting one. They've got was it eight teams? I think that they could get. Um, and oh no, they've got tons of teams. No, it's twenty actually. teams. It's it's yeah. four groups of five. They haven't announced the full amount of teams yet, but some notable teams that are going to be playing. T1, finally get to see yeah. T1 um, play, which is going to be nice. Gen G, um, I think. Who else have they got here? A lot of odd teams. T9, they've, got the, they've got the Ninja Mix team. They've got oh, this the, is, uh, make oh, no mistake. This is an influencer thing. There are going to be a bunch of influencer teams in this tournament. Well, it yeah, says I that Code said, 7 is invited. They said there's 16... Actual teams and four influencer teams, right? I think oh. that's what they said, something okay. like that. Well, that's really? pretty cool. Is it cool? Yeah. I mean, 
Do you no. want to watch your favorite influencer just get bopped by some no, protein? But Listen, maybe I mean, others won't. This is better than Fortnite, how it's all only influencers, right? Like at least this is like a, a middle ground. Yeah. Exactly. It's only four. Sure. Like you get sixteen good teams and then you get four influencers. I also yeah, don't think they wrong. could find twenty teams in NA to, you know, the, the the when you get into that final, that last four, uh, realistically speaking, are they gonna make a run to win it all? No, probably not. You know, it's it's I, I it's yeah. This if they were gonna do an influencer mixed event, this is the best way to do it. At least they haven't done that team captain shit where they've made. Oh yeah, that was dreadful. Pick their <laughs> captain, so it was just mixed teams. Like that was just terrible. <laughs> At least we actually get to watch the teams. But they haven't announced all the teams that are playing in it. I hope Immortals play. I hope Sentinels play. Um, but yeah, T1 is the most notable one. C9 as well and TSM are going to be playing as well. So if you get excited about your favorite streamer playing, there you go. Um, uh, yeah. It'll be good to see T1 again because yes. they didn't play in the most recent tournament, the Pulse. Um, That'll be interesting. And, um, I, I'm, while I agree with people power ranking them at number two, you have to always say that that's because they haven't had they haven't played enough for us to see them lose to other teams as well like i don't really think that t1 are head and shoulders above everyone else apart from T tsm like i i definitely think that they could lose to some of these other teams so um i'm still looking forward to seeing them yeah, what do you tested. think about that team ninja roster though right the one that has like morgos lex and grego on there do you reckon they can take some games uh no. probably not from what we saw <laughs> <laughs> uh, we saw them play recently, right? What, ton what tournament did they play? In? Was it the Cash App one or the uh, it was T1? The, no, it was the NSG one, right? Yeah, and they went, Team they Ninja. went three in their group. The T1, <laughs> yeah. They, they, I, I remember though. What I remember from that event is Fion tweeting at atting Ninja saying. Oh no, it was like an article saying Ninja was a standout player. I mean, oh, mate, you, the team got fucking rolled. Like, <laughs> come on. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's it's easy to be the standout player when you're just picking up baiting frags, you know, being the last alive every round. Like it's easy to be at the top of the scoreboard then. Anyway, I don't want to oh, man's, shit on Ninja. Man's coming much. for the king. There was yeah, one I don't clip where his, wanna... his team got owned on. I think it was like they were on uh, split, and it was defense. He was like in mid with a judge, like bunny hopping, killing people. He got like a four K, and everyone <laughs> tweets it out. But like they got shit on in that series, utterly yeah, destroyed. Yeah. But like. Everyone's like, oh, pro game and ninja getting rubbing shoulders with Valorant. Shut up. Shut up. Yeah, I think the only the only real take, though, from this is just everyone's really just waiting to see is T1 still uh, one of the best teams. Because as we said, the, the power rankings mm -hmm. that's been done by Ada and Fion, they, they put T1 at number two, um, yeah. which is okay. Maybe, uh, you know, maybe they've been sniffing at the scrimbuck farts i don't know who knows you know or maybe they're <laughs> yeah. just going off previous results yeah i mean we'll they, see. they came second in their previous tournaments so right it's yeah it's a reasonable a reasonable guess but i think that does it does anyone else want to add anything before we close this one up oh play of uh, the week well uh, we're, not, we're not doing that Oh, I shamed I, I, I I ourselves. I couldn't be bothered to find a good play, Johnny. So unfortunately, unless you've got a Twitch clip of you rolling kids around in Valorant, then we're there not was doing a clip a play of of simple playing uh, uh, Valorant. Oh no 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 no! It has to be it has to be David Pace uh, David Pace uh, David Pace David Pace five K on the stage. Yeah. Where was that? What was his five K? Uh, oh, he got the ace on, on ascent um, on ascent B side. Yeah. Yeah yeah yeah. Well, I can't be bothered to find it. Reddit, I think. Yeah, someone someone put together like some some like I don't know mix clip or whatever. I mean it I mean it was not like spectacular because you just slowed people and then just shot bots. Like But it exemplifies 
it exemplifies his kind of unique style, which is what we were talking about before. So I like it as like a, a prime example of like him just pushing up crazy aggressive to get info. In that case, he just ends up killing the whole enemy team, but it was yeah. pretty clean. It was, it was clean. Yeah. I want Valorant tournaments to not play so many boring group stage games so that I can watch and follow the scene without giving away my life. <laughs> Do you want best of ones in groups? No. I don't no, even want I best of ones in general, man. I, like best of ones in like Valorant are actually a bit of a meme because of the, the shorter round. Because of the shorter round format, if you win two pistol rounds, I think your chances of winning the best of one just go up significantly more. Yeah. And sometimes pistol rounds can, I'm not going to say they're all RNG, but they are like it, it's not the same as like a fully fledged rifle v rifles you know what i mean uh, okay. the, the stuff doesn't get played into it anyway i think we're done are we done maybe yeah, you, you want to go you want to go uh, feed with me and ranked